ten years ago, there was a great premonition. A premonition that showed three men. Three men who would walk the face of the earth in 2011. And in 2011, one man said to another, Let's start a show. And that show went on to become Marking Out. And over the course of nearly four years, they've gained an incredible following. A following that would not be what it is without professional wrestlers, without independent wrestlers, without Hollywood actors, without musicians, but most importantly, without its fans. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is Marking Out Episode 200. By the fans, for the fans. This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spread it like this. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Nearly four years ago. A man named Chris, whose feminine voice you're listening to right now, turned to Dave and had to push and shove him to say, Hey, Dave, let's start a podcast. Come on, Dave, let's do a podcast. And then Dave said, I don't know about it. I got too much stuff going on. And then those two men did a podcast. And then they got another man involved, and his name was the B to the G. I'm going to give, him, I'm going to give appropriate uh, introductions later. Those men then went on to make this podcast of infamous one man left due to parental uh, restraints, and two men led on, which led us to the 200th episode of Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. You can listen to this and all past episodes at MarkingOut.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Make sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Follow us on Twitter where we do most of our action at Marking Out, where we live tweet during Raw when it is completely and utterly Rawful. Uh, you can also email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. If you're in a band, if your friend's in a band, if you're a rap artist, if you're just an artist itself, if you want to submit some stuff to the show, feel free at MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. My name is Chris. I'm going to be here for the entire episode that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's not me leaving. We have scheduled this so that way I can be on the entire episode other than the pre-taped part of the episode. But anyway, my name is Chris. You don't really have to follow me on Twitter at Chris Dog because I don't use Twitter because I'm over Twitter. Uh, I'm also sitting here with my the originator, one of the originators of the Marking Out podcast, Dave the Rave, that all the ladies crave. And you can follow him on Twitter at Dave the Rave underscore M-O. Dave... Congratulations, and how are you? Thank you. I am doing great, and congratulations to you as well. I mean, you are one of the originators, and without you, we wouldn't be even sitting here recording this right now. So congratulations to you as well. 
Thank you, Dave. I totally, totally appreciate that. And, and we're also sitting. You're before, gonna say, Dave? Uh, excuse me, but before you even move on, they may not want to follow you on Twitter, but they should definitely be following Carve Your Niche at CYN Band. That is a fact. That is a fact, and it's amazing because it's just like just like wrestling fans. I get we get random follows for no good reason for being a metal band. Just because we go. follow certain people and whatnot. And we're also sitting here with the count of Monte Fisto, cousin Brandon, Brandon Brandon, Brandon Brandow. You could follow him on Twitter because he is a Twitter celebrita at BTTG161, not BTT BT2G161. Brandon, how are you? People come to me, they say, who are you and why are you here? I say, listen up and lend me your ear. I am the beat to the G. Markingout.com is now in year three. This is episode 200. We bring you joy like it's Christmas Day. And that makes me awesome as always. Going old school. (laughs) And right there. Right there, for all those times that you said, uh, you can't do it anymore, you don't got it. Well, listeners, obviously, Brandon does have it, and he can do it, and he just doesn't want to do it because there's, he's too lazy. There's to only so many words that rhyme with always. You can do it. But it is the 200th uh, episode, so... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all these old references that we keep bringing up. Before we get to fan comments and questions two things um with the release of this episode of market how we've also released even though at recording time i haven't finished it yet um episode three of cooking with brandon so make sure you guys head over to the youtube page youtube.com slash market one and check out cooking with brandon three because it was a pain in the ass to make because I'm learning new motion graphics software. I'm learning Adobe After Effects, and I'm trying to. I was trying to bring that into the episode, and as you'll see, I brought that into the intro and everything like that. And the only thing Brandon cares about is the fact the logo is is straight up black. No, and not- I just I just want to make sure everything is is good. Not not saying that that's not good. Listen, you got my balls in a vice grip right now. I'm trying to get this done, so uh, hopefully I'll have it done by the uh, the release of the episode. I'll have it done. It's just. Me being a stickler for that intro because that intro is uh, is money. Yeah. Right well, now. if it's if your uh, previous work is any indication of how this is going to be for, and I'm talking about the other cooking with Brandon's, and in addition to all the uh, editing that you do for music video wise, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I am sure that it will not let any listener nor our uh, ourselves viewers. down. Yeah, yeah, our viewers, us. Won't be all, let down. all the green screen work I had to do with Brandon, we were using a really small green screen, by the way. Give it away. They've already, <laughs> they've already watched it. They've already watched it. Fingers crossed. It, it, it'll be done. Trust me. Trust me. It's just, it's just the intro and the outro that I have to finish at this moment. But anyway, um, that being said, before we get into qu- fan questions and comments, do you guys – we've had 200 episodes of Marking Out. Is there one episode in particularly or an instance or a moment in Marking Out history that just sticks to you? That's actually one of the fan questions. Okay, mm. so let's so, so there we go. Well, let, <laughs> well we could we could talk about a few of our favorite moments right now real quick, right? Yeah. I mean, we just won't choose I don't know. I think I mean right off the bat, 
I this isn't making fun of you or anything right off the bat. It's one hundred percent one of my favorite things is when you ask Zack Ryder if he has any questions for us. Oh yeah, that was that was cut out though. No, that's at the end of the show, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. The one that broke the internet. I mean that broke <laughs> that, our server. Basically, yeah. Which which made me Which was shit. The, that was the very first well that's today. That was December third that we put the website up was December third, I think, two thousand eleven. Wow. wow. Three years ago. Well, one of my favorite moments was let's see. And, and how, could you, how could you not say the Mark Henry thing, right? Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> whenever me and Chris drink together and record, which we are doing right now. Yep. Um, oh, I'm drinking. It's like I feel like the uh, if anybody listens to it, the C-Lab podcast that they talk about beer, they're like, oh, my name's so-and-so and I'm drinking this. Well, my name's Chris and I'm drinking a bullet bourbon. So, Ooh, My yeah. name is Dave and I am drinking gin and Jack. My name is Brandon and I'm drinking purified water. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the one of my favorite moments is doing that. Me and when Brandon and I also did that interview with uh, the Greek god Papadon, <laughs> and at the NYWC Sportatorium leading up to his match with Mike Mondo and Jerry Lynn, and it was just such. It was the first time that Brandon and I did an interview without Chris. No, and it that was, wasn't though. It wasn't. No, that was our set. That was our first full interview. Yeah, yeah, our first like full interview where we actually like were in getting into detail and everything. So we sit into the <laughs> office for those that don't remember. We're ready to record, and then they have like in the I guess the dressing room, and then there's all the other wrestlers in the wrestler room. But they were trying to distract us. They're pulling up porn and everything. It was so distracting. It was just such a shit show of an interview. John Silver's whipping the goat at you. No, he wasn't. Oh, it was. What, it was I, such... what, I, what I liked about that interview was at the end when I'm like, I don't think any of this recorded because I had no idea how to work your eye touch and it was just black and it wasn't turning on. The screen wasn't turning on. And he goes, Oh, but I'm sure if it was a donut, you know how to work it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so many fat jokes. It was pretty funny. Um, Chris, what about you? Um, one of my personal favorites is a hundred episodes ago, the birth of Railroad Rudy. Really? That was a hundred episodes ago? That was episode 100 because I have the note in my phone for editing purposes wise. I'm looking at it right now from January 9th, 2013, marking out 100, 22 minutes left, Railroad Rudy. Wow. The birth of a star. Well, he was already a star before we met him, so. <laughs> <laughs> We, there was so many good times. I mean, even that wrestle, uh, what is it, Podcast Mania with two and a half wrestlers, that was a lot of fun. That was uh, a lot of fun. I was late for work because of that. Really? Yeah. That, I had no idea. Yeah, I called my, they're like, why were you late? I'm like, I was podcasting. They're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> they're like, all right, clean your section. He's like, yeah. why does it sound like some of us are in a lunchroom cafeteria? No, no, they, they normally sound good. Do I sound good? Oh, you sound sexy. Oh, am I turning you on? <laughs> I love the fact that Brandon can quote that episode with you. I can't quote this. anything else but marking out. That's all I can quote. That's funny. All I quote um, is The Simpsons in South Park. Yes, yeah. I can't do any of that. I can say, screw you guys, I'm going home. And I can't even say that. <laughs> home. Go with him. Go with him. That you know, like a, I, you know, a very special, like marking out, like a bonding experience for us was WrestleMania weekend. We went down to WrestleMania 28 in Miami. Yeah. You know, it was, I drank a lot. (laughs) Somebody else drank more than you. Oh. You. 
Not 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 at the Dragon Gate episode. Oh, no. yeah, on that dra- Chris Chris was gone at the Dragon Gate episode. Uh, yeah, because because we, we go to we go to Wet Willies and <laughs> I have the the call a cab and we get in the cab and I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, guys, I'm so drunk. And then after the Dragon Gate show, before the two, the uh, Whatever, whatever it was, the five dollar oh, wrestling. Yeah. I look. Over, I drink a beer. I'm drinking a beer. I look over. There's Harry Smith sitting next to me. I'm like, "What's up?" And just kept drinking. <laughs> yeah, I said I have a picture. Like, I, like a paparazzi. I took a picture. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's man. right. You said and you sent me those pictures. Yeah, it's such a stalker. I saw Chris sta- standing next to the wrestlers, and I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be funny." That's like probably other wrestlers are watching me, being like, "What a fucking mark." Yeah, like that was funny. Uh, what about when we were at Wet Willie's? And that girl was grinding up on Brandon. On David. No, it no, was on Brandon. Brandon. It was on Brandon. <laughs> yeah. And we got that entire bar. Before Dan, Daniel Bryan was making it huge, we got that entire bar to no, do a yes was, chance. But that was the weekend of the yes chance because I remember we went to that Ring yeah, of Honor show yeah. and everybody started going yes and we're like, what the fuck is going on? That was, that this was is truly, amazing. That was truly crazy to hear and see. Because like nobody – everywhere outside of wrestling, nobody knew what it was. But everybody that knew, like all the wrestling fans who were, let's say, at Wet Willie's, we all knew what it was. But the bartender, like, oh shit, like they're gonna riot or something. We but don't then know what's everyone going on. in the bar, everyone in the bar that didn't even know uh, pro wrestling got involved with the chat yeah. because I mean, look at sporting events now. People use it. They don't know if it's pro wrestling related. Yeah, they just think it's celebratory. Did you see? I posted an article on my Facebook that Islanders season ticket holders oh. are calling up the Nassau Coliseum complaining. That people are doing the yes chance and with the like, it started with the bossy bunch. They started doing it, and now it's like spread throughout the entire coliseum. By the way, I'm jumping on the Islanders bandwagon. Hell yeah! Who are you? Yeah, I think, I, I think that that's that's absurd to be a ticket holder and complain about a chant that's going on. But they complain about everything because they've been losing for so long. So that's it's like, true. I mean, I can't like I'm a Rangers fan, but I'm still like I'm, I'm thinking about picking up that guy, the not rookie, the sophomore Strom. Uh, okay, yeah. Islanders. I mean, maybe he is a rookie because he didn't play a full season last year. Yeah. But I was thinking about picking him up. Um, yeah. So we've had many good times, and if you, the listeners, have any moments w- that stick out in your mind that you couldn't stop laughing, that you couldn't stop hating, anything that sticks out that's a a great memory of yours. Share it with us. We'd love to see what you guys think. Or the last time I was on the episode when we mentioned Nikki Bella's finisher, the rack attack. That was funny. That was pretty funny. I yeah, I, I think who, who marked that? I think Drew Fem 97 was marking out over, over you or Justin DeRosa. One of those two were marking yeah, out over you. Well, yeah. I, I will never leave this podcast. Okay. Even when you're, you're not. Rock now? Even, even, <laughs> no, he's like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Whenever he is not on the podcast, He's actually on the podcast, and that is right. This episode, I think that we should be referring to it as the podcast. No, yes. it's the online yes. listening experience. No, no this is what happens with podcast. Brand- yeah, it's a podcast. It's marking out podcast, dude. Yeah, it, it started as a podcast. I said to Dave, hey, Dave, let's start a podcast. And he said, <laughs> no. And I said, Dave, let's start a podcast. And he said, no. And I said, Dave, let's start a podcast. And he was All like, right. all right, fine. What really got me on board was you and you told me that you wanted to do it because you were still doing it in school with Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Yeah. And and I really wanted to you know I'm a helpful like I'm always willing to help out a friend and Dave, everything. It's like so, fine, I guess I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, once you mentioned that school was involved in everything, I was just like, All right, fine, I'll I'll help you out with that because I knew that it was gonna help progress your uh your career and everything. And look what so, that yeah. I didn't even get into radio. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you learned a lot of new skills. 
Yep, I, I ruined people's lives for syndicated trash he TV. Learned, he learned about getting down on the knees. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite scene. <laughs> anyway, let's get the fan comments and questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dave, first, I guess. Yeah, first one is from Jasmine. Well, here you go. Oh, well, God, there we go. All right, first comment is from Jasmine. Well, here you guys are, the 200th episode. Congrats on reaching such a milestone. Thank you so much for entertaining us wrestling fans every single week with the podcast. Notice how she said podcast. And with the live tweeting. With this being the 200th episode, I'd like to ask you what your favorite moment on the podcast has been so far. I think one of my favorite things on the podcast is when you two, Brandon, uh, Dave and Brandon, quarrel with each other. Brandon's laughter is also one of the best things. Congrats- Holy shit, Racky Races! <laughs> Dude, I was once they once they had that on the South Park, I was dying. Yeah. Uh, congrats yeah. again on reaching 200 episodes. Keep at it, guys. By the way, I am definitely interested in marking out T-shirts. We're at Reverse and Massage. What about all the times where we tr- had so much trouble pronouncing her Twitter handle? Who's it took we? Like, it's never we. It's you. <laughs> I took 15 minutes of a, of the podcast just to speak, just to pronounce her tw- uh, Twitter handle. I'm like correct. David. Reverse enemasage. It's it's Jasmine backwards. Yeah, I think it's like reverse enema at first. Might have. So probably to add to uh, favorite moments of the show so far. I have to say, doing that episode of Chi True Long Island Story when oh, when <laughs> Chi went off on his little rant. If you know his. His mailman burned his toast. Burn it, yeah, burn his toast. if you're making his toast, burn his toast. What happens to that kid? Who? Oh, Paul. That was Hawkins' friend. Yes. And, and yeah. Ryder. I got yeah. Hawkins' friend mainly. Well, that was funny. Yeah, Papa Bear. Yeah, Papa Bear. Still Papa locked Bear. in basements. Yeah, I, I hope not. I hope Chi and let him out at some Where, point. But where's Chi? Who knows? Where is Chi? I don't know. Who knows? Next comment. Well, Who you wants? Don't, you don't have anything else to add? Um, let's see. What about the first time that we interviewed uh, Big O? We're setting that all up. Like we were trying to get him. We saw him on the episodes of um, Z True Z- Yeah, ZTLIS, and we said, you know, let's get this guy exposed. Let's try to get his name out there. And he wasn't even signed to. He wasn't. He wasn't uh, anything yet. He wasn't yeah. even training to be a pro wrestler. No, this was uh, just a thought in the back of his head, nothing more. So we got him on just for just to have him on, try to get his name out there, help him out, and look what happened for that. I mean, I think that that's awesome. We had him on before he even started wrestling. I remember getting a text from him saying, yo, I just signed up for NYWC. And it's just awesome uh, to be able to help out someone uh, get a start. I mean, given, I'm sure Zach Ryder may have had a bigger hand in it than we did. <laughs> Oh, yeah. but, maybe a little bit. But we were his first interview. Yeah. And I, I also have to say that I liked the episode. I, it probably was around Halloween that it didn't air on the episode, but when Dave showed up to Chris's house, dressed, oh, as, dressed me, as you, <laughs> scared the oh, shit out of you. God. Just oh. to be able to picture that, I really wish I was there in person. Dude, I, I thought Chris had a heart, a heart attack. It was Halloween. We were recording the podcast really early, like eight or nine. But that's what we used to do. It used to be Saturday, yeah. Friday mornings at eight o'clock. We have we both have a cup of coffee and we get everything going. So, Chris, what was going? If you recall, what was going through your mind when you heard that knock at the door? Because you were half asleep when that door opened. <laughs> I was all right. Dave's here. Great. And I look and I don't see Dave. I see Brandon. And I was just like, 
<laughs> oh my god! And then uh, that's when I freaked out and fell backwards. Am I dreaming? Yes. Am I dreaming? As if falling, as if falling backwards, Chris like completely dove to the ground backwards. I couldn't stop laughing. Like you completely collapsed to the ground because you were scared shitless. I wasn't even awake, dude. I know you were half asleep. I had a pillow stuffed underneath my shirt. I had a wig on that didn't even look like Brandon's wig because Brandon was. (laughs) (laughs) Screw you, asshole! Screw you! How dare you expose that on the show? (laughs) It's all a gimmick. (laughs) All a gimmick. That's what I told David on the phone before. I was like, dude, everything's a gimmick. Yeah, next one. All right, um, do you want me to do the next one? Yeah, take it away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hold on. Um, where are we, Jasmine? Okay. Uh, Justin, Justin DeRosa says, Happy 200, and then a special message from Big E, so I'm assuming it's wait, Justin wait, wait, wait. De- You have to read this in as if Big E was reading it. You may My, proceed. I think this is, like, past me. Should I, should I do it? Yeah, oh, no, no, I think, for, oh, Chris, could you do it? Like, you just have to yell very angrily and have, like, a hard-on for Brandon. Listen, I can't yell right now because my wife is oh, sleeping okay. in one room and my bit and my son is sleeping in the other room. So, Brandon, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yes, a special message from Big E. Five. 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 Hi, guys. It's me. I don't have a lot of time because I'm getting fit for my new day, new singlet. But happy 200. I'm Brandon. See you on Friday night. I want to talk about the new day in a little bit, so let's uh, let's continue yes. on. Next one is from John Underhill, who is like, I think he was like one of the original people to really Probably. get in contact with us yeah. on yeah, the like Twitch. Him and Shelly, or, or the the as Chris Joko says, the Twitter. But anyway, John Underhill says, "Congrats on to your two hundredth episode." Thanks, dude. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you for listening as long as you have. And thank you to everyone that is listening for as long as they have. Who wants to take the next one? Why don't you do it? All right. Chris, you want to take this one? Because I didn't want to to mean to disrespect you with the Big E thing. I thought that maybe you'd be able to give a good impression. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I'll take this one, though. All right, Uh, you Andrew F. says, it doesn't seem that long ago, December of 2012, I was online to meet Daniel Bryan. Then some guy came up to me and handed me a flyer. It was for a podcast, Marking Out. Since I wasn't a, yeah, that was me. Um, Since I wasn't around friends and had nothing to do after Hurricane Sandy, I went back and listened to a bunch of episodes. I looked forward to Saturday when the new podcast came out week after week. From Cooking with Brandon to the creation of Rebel Rudy, which you mentioned before, Chris leaving, I'd never left, B, uh, B2TG161, and Dave moving away to, to now, the 200th episode, I've listened for two years. Keep up the show has been amazing every week. I'm sorry, I'm a little stexic. Um, being from LI, I hope to one day meet you guys, and here's to another 200 episodes. From the number two mark, Andrew F., at DrewFem97, or follow my personal everyday account at Andy Fems. P.S. I wrote this during AP Calculus, but fuck that. <laughs> All right. I know I told you not to do it during class or anything, uh, but it is AP Calculus. So obviously you're bright enough to be an AP Calculus, which is something I'm completely awful at. I yep. can never do calc. So I guess we could excuse you for that. And, uh- it's nice to know that Railroad Rudy is like a predominant memory in people's minds. Hell yeah. And uh, 
and it's nice to see buttfuck that being used. Yeah. yeah, um thank you very much. I remember that day where Chris was talking about how we went to that autograph signing. It was you and Composey, right? It was me and my vocalist Anthony, yes. Then we went and go saw this is hell afterwards. It was it was a great mandate. Yeah, that was that is awesome. Thank you uh for listening since two thousand twelve. And I'm very happy that we were able to help you with uh through Hurricane Sandy. And yeah, which is also major props to Chris again for those episodes during Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, that was uh my audio wizardry at <laughs> yeah, its I finest. Mean, that was that was tough on all parts, especially Chris, because you had me on the phone. You had I think Brandon either on the phone or through Skype. Phone. No, on the phone. No, on the phone. I, yeah. So it was definitely something to very tough to uh produce. So thank you, Chris. And um Hey, when you have when you have a passion for something and you want to keep it going, you want to have a weekly thing going, you do it. You find with you know what there was points where at my apartment that I was living in, we didn't have power. So like the day beforehand, I'm like, I'll just do it at my mom's house. You know, I went to like a second bedroom and set up like my whole podcast gimmick in there. And then luckily the night before we had to do the podcast, power came back in my apartment. So I was like, all right, we'll just do it in here. Great, wonderful. So yeah, very. Very cool. Um, and now we have some other uh, comments and questions, right, Brandon? Yeah, on Twitter we have from at Dr. Diamond Punk. Oh, I saw this one. I just started getting into your show, so sorry if you answered this, but do you guys uh, collect new Mattel, new WWE Mattel figures? That answer for me is simple yes and no. What do you mean Which yes Which I guess no. isn't simple then. Uh, I only really collect uh, Zack Ryder figures, and I don't have that many, but... Okay. When was the last time you bought a figure? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Now, what the, last, I- the last... Oh, actually, I bought it at Kmart in Penn Station before one of the shows that I went to. Probably June. I think it was June that I bought my last Zack Ryder figure, my last WWE figure. But he's not, like, I mean, you used to... you. You have a large collection of them, though. Not Mattel, though. I have a huge collection of Jacks. Oh, gotcha. But once once Jack stopped making figures for WWE, I'm not going to start over with Mattel. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I have like some Hasbro, some old old school Jacks. For the new ones, I haven't bought a figure in so long. But if I did buy one, I think I'm looking at like if they came out with like a new uh, Bruiser Brody or something new that's from the one of the old people that well, one, think, like one of the older wrestlers. I think it's safe to say that as far as Mattel goes and us collecting figures, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that all of us are have Zack Ryder figures. Yeah. Right, Chris? Yeah, I have one. I have one signed. Yeah, so I was tempted to buy that mankind one. The mankind looked amazing, I thought, with the mask. Uh, the brown suit? I think so. The one that uh ringside rea- uh what is it, ringside collectibles were putting. Ringside out. reactions. Yeah, what was that? Who said that? <laughs> Chris, what about you? Is there anything that what would you if Mattel put out a figure, a wrestling figure, who would it have to be for you to be like, I gotta buy it? Besides Zack Ryder. That's tough. Like what wrestler, if you saw on the shelf at Toys R Us, would you be like, I uh, done. I don't know, because I'm not really... Rudy, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I was never really a big wrestling figure collectible like mm-hmm. i have the Zack ryder figure um the last figure i actually bought was the simpsons brett the hitman heart action figure which is not mattel I yeah but it's still wrestling related 
Oh, absolutely. That was the last figure I bought because I have to get it. And mm-hmm. it's now one of my goals in life to get that signed by Bret Hart. Yeah. Do you still have the sunglasses we got you? Yes, I do. No, They're like off you the threw them out. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> oh, throw it out. Come on. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I still have them. Very cool. While, right. while we're on the subject of Mattel figures, or wrestling figures at least, uh, with Toy Story 4 coming out, I think that'd be a huge, great partnership there between Disney, Pixar, Mattel, and WWE. Wow. Why not, why nice. not throw John Cena, Ryback, and somebody else in the movie or something like not that? Not going to happen. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but... I don't even think they should make a fourth Toy Story. Well, I it's think... happening with Rashida Jones as the writer. I, I don't know what to expect with that. I mean, honestly, I still have to watch the full uh, Toy Story 3. And oh, never story saw it? You oh. never saw it, dude? I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. I may have watched it fully, but I don't really remember too much. I mean, nothing's going to compare it to me than Toy Story 1, though. No, you're going to see Toy Story 3 and, like, every single emotion is going to go through your head. Really? Yeah, you're going to cry. You have to. All right. Well, like, if you're if you're not you're in the theater, for, there's no point. Like, are we talking about crying on an up level? Because up, no. you definitely crying. No, it's a down level. I think. I okay. assume that's what we're talking about. I don't know what a down level. What do you mean a down level? level? Like, what's in an the up movie level? Up. In oh, the movie. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like, you were saying like, is it a good moment that you're crying no, for, or like a bad movie, moment? The movie Up is definitely a tearjerker. Like, how are you gonna like? No, it's like, like it's like towards the the ending. You'll see okay. it. You'll see it. You should okay, watch I'll, it. You need to watch I'll, I'll it. it. What else you got? I don't know. That's it. That was it? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for their comments and questions this week. It is much appreciated. Thank you for being a part of our 200th episode. Thank you for your loyalty and listening and everything that you've given to us. That You guys are the reason that we are still doing this. Uh, thank you very much. I guess right now it's appropriate to uh, move on with this podcast. Hey, Brandon and Dave, this is Jason Linick, the voice of NYWC and the voice of your three-time Atlantic League champion, Long Island Ducks. I just wanted to say congratulations on 200 episodes of Markin' Out. It's been an honor and a privilege to be invited to do some of these episodes with you guys, and I've enjoyed listening to all of them as well. Congratulations on 200, and hopefully I'll be doing this again for 300, although that's a little ways away. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, at JLinick. Once again, congratulations, guys. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello there, this is Randy Newman. You haven't paid me for my other money yet. So, not really going to do a congratulations on your 200th episode, Bumper. You guys, owe me money. Don't make me take you to court. Hey guys, this is Huxy from the Wrestling Mania. Just wanted to say a massive congratulations on reaching 200 episodes of your weekly podcast. Keep it going, guys. You're doing brilliant. So talking, you know, podcast-wise, I guess we should talk about other very flamboyant? Is that the right word? I don't think so. Very controversial podcasts that are happening. And one podcast that wasn't even in the uh, audio form. It was in the video form as well, which I really didn't even watch. I kind of just put it on the wayside and did my ironing. And that was the, uh, the Stone Cold podcast with Vince McMahon that happened on Monday night after uh, Raw on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. Yeah, finally something advertised with Vince McMahon after on the network aired. Because for maybe two, two times we haven't seen it just but, fell by the wayside. But this yeah. is the content that they should be having on this network. Yeah. They should be having podcasts like this. And they well, should be ha- having original programming that's cool like this, like, you know, live specials 
Well, you know, like, I mean, they have had that agreement. They do have some sort of a deal with uh, Stone Cold. So maybe this is the first of many uh, opportunities that we'll be able to see Stone Cold on the network in the podcast form. Listen, I mean, every wrestler has their own freaking podcast. So why don't you get Chris Jericho to do a talk as Jericho with somebody? Why don't you get JR? Hey, JR, why don't you uh, come back, you know? Come back from Japan and uh, talk to us about uh, professional wrestling. Do your own podcast. Everybody on that freaking yeah. podcast one network, just have them do podcasts. Like the, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, two and a half. The 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 Buck uh, the Patcasts with uh, Pat Buck. He was saying this should have been something that Colt Cabana should have done, but it seems like Colt kind of burned his bridges when it comes to the, uh, the WWE by doing that podcast with CM Punk. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, the only thing that I see, I don't think that it could be Jim Ross or any of the other people that are prominent on Podcast One, like Stone Cold, because they all do do um, uh, interviews. <laughs> I'll laugh do, do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, they do do – damn it, I did it again. <laughs> they do have interviews with people outside of the industry um, that may not be directly towards the WWE Network um, yeah, but it could be a one-off viewers. episode, just like with yeah, Stone would, Cold. Like Chris Jericho have, obviously doesn't have to interview who, like Paul Stanley or somebody yeah, on WWE that, Network. The, the interview exactly. have, the interview Jericho had with Corey Taylor is awesome. I, I, I wanted to listen. I have that downloaded. I wanted to listen to that one. I think that if they give the opportunity to like even Alex Riley or someone like that to have the opportunity to have a podcast, they need a podcast on the network. But someone internally doing that. Well, that's, like, that's, the a, that's the thing that WWE tried that with the whole WrestleMania spectacular with uh, Renee oh, Young hosted it. They had okay, Shawn yeah. Michaels as a guest. Uh, Brett Michaels oh, yeah. as a guest as well. They had Brett that's Michaels true. as a guest? I didn't. I, I never know. I don't know. Some people like Brett Michaels. All right. So this entire interview, it's hard not to see this, but it, this, this entire interview is kind of like an answer the WWE had for this podcast that CM Punk did with Cole Cabana, which you guys briefly mentioned, uh, that came out last week and pretty much broke the internet. Yeah, it was like um, two, what was it, 2.1 million listens so far? Yeah, and they I, finally got fixed today. I mean, yeah, that, that's no comparison to us, but... No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit ahead of that. <laughs> yeah. But Chris, you didn't get a chance to really speak your mind about the CM Punk on Cole Cabana podcast. What are your thoughts about hearing everything that he spoke about? What did you think? I thought it was great. I thought it was a different side to the story, especially a guy who was one one of the faces of the WWE when he was. Um, it shows you the grueling schedule that goes through. It shows you the demands on the body that it has. And it also shows you a guy that was pretty much at a breaking point, a guy that didn't want to sign back with the WWE, but he did. And he was offered... You know, he was, quote, offered a bunch of things, but he didn't get them. It sucks. It totally does. I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I will continue to be a huge CM Punk fan. Um, and just the circumstances that happened, it's, I mean, it's not good for professional wrestling. All the stuff that he said is not good for the WWE because all the stuff that, all the allegations he made towards the training staff, all the allegations he made towards Triple H and Vince McMahon and all those guys and the fact that they made him rehab quicker than he had to. But on the same token, that's the price you have to pay for being a superstar like that. You know, John Cena is probably John Cena probably has a myriad 
of injuries right now. But he's John Cena, and he'll work through that because he knows he's the face of the WWE. You know, CM Punk, There's through the interview, I could realize that there were certain things that hold true to CM Punk. One of those was money. He feels like he was due a he was due money that he should have been paid for because of the style that he worked. And the other one is life, because he said he's like I took the summer off and I experienced life for the first time, and it feels like now that he was able to get that taste of what it's like not being a professional wrestler and just being a human being. He enjoyed that and he realized there's other things than professional wrestling because now look at him since he's left the WWE. He's a married man. He's doing all this fun stuff. He's writing the he's writing the first annual Thor annual for Marvel Comics, which I think is awesome. He's writing for Spider-Man, too, which Spider-Man kind of sucks, but that's just me in itself. Um, he's doing he's attending these, almost every uh, Blackhawks game, every single Blackhawks game, which is awesome. Hockey is something I never got myself into, but I've tried several times and failed miserably. Um but it seems like he's enjoying life and as a human being and as somebody that you, you know, you only get one chance in life. Mm-hmm. It sounds so, I mean, it's <laughs> so cliche, so cliche. And it's using the, the, the hardcore Eminem quote. No, 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 M&M no. The New York, the New York hardcore <laughs> moniker of, of life. And that's, you know, one, one life, one chance in the straight edge motto, mm-hmm. as you could say, um, which is fitting for CM Punk. And he's realized that he's, experiencing this more and he's reaping the benefits he worked his ass off for 14 years being from ring of honor going to ovw then cutting his teeth and being a superstar in the wwe and if he wants to come out now and say all the stuff better fine let him let everybody know about this but then you know there's other sides of the story like ryback you know, there's that side of the story that we probably won't ever hear because he's going to be in the WWE until either he's forced to retire because we all know how Vince McMahon loves, you know, the body guys. And he's got that nature and he, you know. Well, it also depends on who's on his side because there was a while back where Paul Heyman was not a Ryback guy and really spoke poorly probably about still Ryback. Isn't. Probably still yeah. isn't. So there was a, a period where Ryback was not high on the totem pole because of all the shit that Paul Heyman was uh, saying about him. So it really depends on who's saying what. Yeah. But, but um, do you, you don't see this situation with CM Punk being anything like that that completely worked fake angle with uh, Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 1997? No, absolutely not. So this isn't think, a work that's completely straight? No, this is completely straight, I feel like. But I don't feel that... Cole Cabana would put this on his podcast if he knows it will work, especially if you're somebody that follows him and has followed his career. Money post- talks. Well, he's Jewish, so yeah. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is true. But the, the, anyway- the non-Jew on the show to say that quote. Wow. Oh! Wow. <laughs> um, um, I do anyway, agree with you. I didn't, get to, I didn't continue my train of thought, Brandon. Yes, cut me continue. Off. Um, anyway, I feel like if you followed his career since leaving the WWE, you realize that he's the whole DY, you know, do it yourself mentality. He's been making himself, he's the pinnacle of independent wrestling. There's Cole Cabana and then there's everybody else. So, and he's, it seems like he's made a very good living for himself. Well, a sustainable living doing this. So why does he need the WWE? The WWE ripped him off with the whole podcast gimmick with the WrestleMania thing. 
as Brandon alluded to before, why does he need WWE? So here's somebody, here's somebody that he's putting on a show that hasn't spoken to anybody, spoken to anybody outside of his close circle friends since leaving the WWE back in end of January, early February. He's coming out of his shell after almost a year of not talking to anybody. He's like, okay, I'm going to do this, and the WWE is going to be completely pissed off about it. And and it's going to just kind of stick it stick it to the man. It's pretty much what it is. I, it sounds like a wrestling I'm, angle to me. <laughs> I, all right, so it sounds like a wrestling angle to Brandon. Me, uh, I'm but still in going, general, though, come on. Well, it in does general, sound... but hold on. So I'm going back and forth with it. I do agree with you that it's very uh, damaging. He did make a lot of damaging claims. Um, and as you did mention, it is one side. We don't know the WWE side, and we don't know if... But you'll never know the WWE side. No, That's the thing. never. They, even though we did have that podcast with Vince McMahon, which we'll get to, uh, we'll be, we'll get to. Um, he, they were still very uh, Switzerland-like. They was very neutral, um, and we will not know both sides. But you have a lot of fans out there that are willing to. What CM Punk said on that podcast is one hundred percent how it is. That's correct, and they are taking the CM Punk side very easily and very quick before even questioning. Uh, CM Punk's information, his facts, and his hatred. I think that CM Punk is really burying himself. And I kind of think I don't agree with how he went out. I don't agree that he just walked out on a company on a contract. If you're I think hurt, that, you're hurt, though. Oh, exactly. He is hurt. But I still think that by walking out, he's breaching contract. He is creating slander against the company. And I don't know how that's going to go over. Obviously, people are going to put up a front and whatever. Uh, you read all the time that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are furious with CM Punk. Oh, but and okay. how he's on the black uh, the blacklist yeah, or the not, do not call it's list. It's not slander if he's saying it to be true. Well, it's still it is still who's who's it true to? We don't know that. It is right. still considered slander. It's still considered okay, slander I, because it's yes. What's that? Can I just um, use one of the many lines that we've said on this show right now to kind of break up this conversation and move on? What do we know? We're just three fans that like to talk about professional wrestling. We're not going to know the ins and out of this. There's only a couple people that are going to know that. It's the higher-ups of WWE and CM Punk. That's it. Right. And exactly. I said that last time. We will never, as a fan, we should never even be able to take a side in this because it's not our place to take a side. I mean, yeah, we, as a viewer, we do have a say or whatever because we do have opinions. That's just how mankind is. But we I think it's impossible to take a side when you don't know both sides and you don't know who's telling the truth and who's not. That's not even just WWE. That's life in general, and I completely agree with that statement. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then, so now with so let's move on to the Vince McMahon on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Uh, he spoke about it a lot. Yes, he did mention the CM Punk stuff. He which, apologized. Which I feel like he did. He did a very classy way of apologizing, which I thought oh. was was huge for him to apologize for CM Punk, but also it kind of covered his ass as well, saying, hey, I don't know what talent relations does on an everyday basis. You know, I apologize about that. And he seemed very he seemed very sincere about it. By the way, that tie that Vince McMahon was wearing was totally boss. Beautiful. Oh, tie. really? I, I wrote a note about that tie. I thought it looked like something that Dunk the Clown would wear. No way, dude. I tweeted that during Raw. I was like, that is a That's, beautiful tie. I that is America awful. right there. Yeah. I thought it was an awful choice of tie. No way. Uh, but especially yeah. no, especially with like the way that they put like the uh, the lights popping off those uh, the sound uh, the yeah. sound catchers right back there. It was beautiful. 
I, I thought that the, um, as you said, but I'm not surprised by his response to the apology and classy because Vince McMahon is very political. Even though he's not in poli- uh, politics, he's, he's, a pil- he's a political figure. He's in wrestling. He's in politics. Yeah, but he knows how to speak. He's a very he's very well spoken, and he knows what to say to make him look look good. And this is a situation where that could be very dangerous. Where you sent this guy what on what? Um, given, I think that if as CM Punk, if I got my release from a company on my wedding day that I walked out on. I would be fucking thrilled. I walked out on this company. Thank you for releasing me. This is another day why my wedding is so amazing because I i don't have to work for you anymore. I'm free. I mean, but it's, so but it, I feel but it's it, contradictory. But no, but at the same point though, it's like you're employed and then you get fired. You know, I'm looking at it both said, okay, you were, you walked out and now you get fired. But on the other what hand- What do you expect? I don't I mean, know, Ray man. Mysterio's it's, it's, probably like son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> what, what, what do you expect? I mean, it is a business, and yeah, I'm sure Ray Mysterio. Um, I mean, maybe CM Punk should have knocked out someone and got the Del Rio treatment. But yeah, right, moving right. off, I think Chris, did you get your fill of the CM Punk and everything? I did. I did. Let's okay. keep talking about so the Vince yeah. man. Um, he met, he mentioned Stone Cold Steve Austin is so amazing with uh, doing a podcast, and his questions are on topic and it's exactly what the viewers and listeners want to hear. Yeah, I think uh, he is the best professional wrestler that hosts a podcast. I I agree with you. He's the only one bes- I I can listen to Jericho, but Stone Cold primarily I love listening to even when he doesn't have someone on that I'm interested in. And it's just himself speaking. I could listen to that for days. But he brought up uh, Cesaro to Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon saying that he lacked mic, he lacked depth and a lot of pro wrestlers not reaching for that uh, brass ring, uh, so to speak. What do you guys have to think about that? I'm kind of upset about that because he, A, named a specific professional wrestler and named it Cesaro. I think everybody that's been watching, listening to this show since its inception know that we've been a big fan of Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro. Which I came around big time eventually. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And Yes, that's one thing. But to point out one of your wrestlers that you really haven't given a shot. Okay, this is I've been listening to a lot of professional wrestling podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of professional wrestling talk shows this week. They have not really stuck with a gimmick with Cesaro. Let's see. He was doing his whole I speak five different languages, loses the United States title, goes into limbo, wins the Andre Memorial, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Then they put him with Paul Heyman, who does all of his talking for him. Then they get him over as the King of Swing, and just as he's getting over, they pull the rug out underneath him. Now Brock Lesnar comes back. Now Paul Heyman's with Brock Lesnar. Then he goes into limbo again. He's still in limbo. Then they've just paired him with Tyson Kidd, who I think is an awesome team. And if you give him some legs and matching attire, yeah. boom. I marked, I marked for that when they came out together. But with the Cesaro, they also, one thing that you didn't mention, they pulled the, the big swing from him. They said that he couldn't use it. I did for mention a that. I said he was doing the King of Swing gimmick. Yeah, the King of Swing from... gimmick. But like specifically, they pulled the actual move yeah. from him. Like I, I think that that's bogus. That that they've just been switching him around so much. And to say that he's not getting over with the crowd, he's completely over with the crowd. He's, he's so... over based off of his wrestling abilities alone. He doesn't need that sort of gimmick where he can speak on the mic or not. That's not what WWE superstars need. Yeah, so I think in that look at Brock Lesnar. That's that. Yeah, that I, proves I think perfect. It, that that has nothing to do with it. I'll see you at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I think that? in that aspect alone, Vince McMahon really lost touch with 
Yeah, you may listen to the fans uh, and everything not, here and there. Lose touch. But I think that in the fact that you're willing to say that about Cesaro, I think it's just unbelievable, especially when you have one of a legend as Stone Cold Steve Austin. And seeing what you are not seeing, even Mick Foley has been out there with Stone Cold speaking about uh, Zack Ryder, speaking about Cesaro, speaking about Drew Galloway, uh, who they released, and they had he was the one. Drew McIntyre for the WWE. Yeah, Drew McIntyre. I mean, those are three wrestlers right now that did grab that brass ring and didn't and had legs to run with it, but Vince said no. Or at least we can assume Vince said no. There's so much things that happened on that interview that was like, yeah, it was cool to see Vince McMahon quote-unquote out of the element and everything. But He was uncomfortable. He was, was definitely still, uncomfortable. There was still just so much shit that seemed to be oozing out of Vince McMahon's mouth. And well, I got, yeah, I got really you... pissed off and offended when he, told, when he said that the locker room today has no ambition. I, all right, well, and that, that, that nobody's grabbing the brass ring. And you take a guy that we, we, you guys grew up with, Zack Ryder, 2011, grabbed the brass ring. Literally, he, he had a brass way. ring in his hands. For him to go out of his way and get over without the, the help of WWE. And then yeah. WWE finally jumps on board. He's probably, right under John Cena, he had the most merch of that year, I'm sure. He did, and oh, they decided boy. to kill him. They didn't even give closure to that Kane storyline. They just crush him but but the superstars of today have no ambition i mean but then one thing that stuck out to me too was even daniel stone- bryan sorry to say sorry to cut you off there. no I, I'm, I'm just moving on but um there was a moment where stone cold mentioned that he was in the locker room and one thing that he noticed was the difference in the locker room that there was no camaraderie with the wrestlers that they're all very uh walking on eggshells and very cautious of what they say and they're not really like how the Attitude Era was. It's, and it's because it's of the not, monarch now, that was built up. But you you had the monarchy. And yeah, you had Undertaker and Steve Austin and stuff back then. But one thing that popped into my mind, and I'm curious to see what you guys think about this. Um, they mentioned the camaraderie. Do you think a lot of it had to do with you had back in, in the Attitude Era? You had uh, uh, Undertaker, Austin, Foley, et cetera, et cetera. All these wrestlers that have already pre-WWE traveled together, traveled America, wrestled with each other in unknown promotions, pretty much brought up together. And so, I mean, not brought up together, but... You could basically just crossed... give the example of the click. Yeah, but no, not the click. But they've been they've crossed paths on the independent scene. Uh, like maybe well before even Stone Cold Steve Austin and everyone started with WCW. Territories, brother. Yeah, back in the territories, they have all crossed paths together. You don't paths together... But now with the locker room, I think that a big thing that they are lacking is that territory. And I feel like a lot of people like Stone Cold and Foley used to travel together and Foley and Undertaker before on the territories. They don't – these guys in the WWE don't have that experience. They don't have that exposure. Well, in a way, the independent wrestling is. I mean look at – but, Kevin Steen, look at... Uh, yes, but, the, but that aside, but the people that are flourishing with the WWE, like you have – look at the leaders. The, back in the Attitude Era, your leaders did, car- did travel together in the territories. Now your leaders, Randy Orton, John Cena, um, I, I mean besides Seth Rollins and those guys that are fairly new, but for now your leaders have – they're not exposed to that. So what do you guys think? Um, could I say something? Of course, I asked you. <laughs> no, I, the brand is something. I feel like that's the old guard. The John Cena's, the Randy Orton's, all those guys like that. I feel like we're at the cusp 
of a new age because you look at all these guys that are in NXT right now. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, who is will be debuting soon. I was gonna call him Fergal David, but next week. <laughs> Finn, oh, I can't. I'm, 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 Anthony. If you're listening to this, I'm skipping band practice next week so I can watch Kevin Owens debut. Yeah, um, I was talking to Montreal Broski about that the other day. I am so excited for that. But okay, so looking at all these guys, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Kent, uh, Kenta. I'm calling. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah, calling, it's um, fine. Kenta, um, Adrian Neville, um, people that still haven't come up yeah. yet. The Solomon Crows. All these guys are guys that have done that independent route, have gone through the, you know, have traveled together, have been in cars together, have been on crappy independent shows. I feel like once all these guys make their way through NXT, it may be a year, it may be two years or so, and these guys make their way up to the main roster, we're going to see that camaraderie. We're going to see the, that brotheringness that we saw back in the Attitude Era. Because the thing is, a lot of these guys were brought up through the OVWs, the Deep Souths, you know, the FCWs and everything like that. Now that we're seeing these guys, these new guys finally come up, you're going to you're going to see that camaraderie and stuff like that. Exactly. Me and you are piggybacking on each other because that is exactly what I'm getting at, and I agree with everything that you said. I think that with this new era, the new generation, and once the John Cena's, the Randy Orton's, the even the Batistas when they come back, when those He's people not that back. Yeah, but those people that, that that did start with OVW, Deep South, like the ones that just like this is – oh, he's a bodybuilder. We're going to bring him right in. Yeah. Those people, once they are out of there and you have the Nevilles and these new guys, the Zanes, the Steens, once they are – the Danny Bryans, once they are in charge of the locker rooms, once they have that um, that power and authority of the locker room, I agree with you. I think that everything is going to change and if you go into that locker room – when they are uh, the heads of the locker room, you're going to see that camaraderie. You're going to see that that level of fun back with the WWE. I just the think that it rises to the, the top. I think it yeah. has to do a little bit with that people that are probably scared to speak up and probably scared to actually go and say, no, this is what I want to do in this company. You Which have is, people like CM Punk that absolutely did that. But Yeah, but that look how good... Then you then you have people that haven't done that. Zack Ryder. I mean, this is the like in the past. You have people like you hear all the time. Foley, Stone Cold. These guys back then, they would stand up for themselves against Vince McMahon. They would say, "Listen, I want to do this. This is how it's going to be." And I don't really think you have many people standing up to Vince McMahon because they're too scared. And, and I, hopefully, in a few years, or, you have that. Or it's even people wanting to go to Vince McMahon because they're too scared. Huh? I think that's more but of a big thing. Also, also, I mean, you're also look at the leaders of back then to now. You had the Undertaker. Undertaker was pretty was considered the judge of the uh, the locker room. You don't have that now. I mean, especially say Cena could be up there. I I wouldn't even put him in close to Undertaker. But like, especially, but, but the only thing, hold on. But the only reason I would not put on Cena with the Undertaker as like the judge. Is because of how much John Cena hasn't seen compared to Undertaker, and, it's just, and that goes that goes back to the territories. It's just there's other stuff too that it's like, can they trust anybody in the locker room? I mean, that's, that's 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 to have camaraderie. I that's the thing. Back then, I feel like you were able to. I actually I can't say that. Like when a story gets on the internet, where like the reason why Alex Riley yeah. is where he is, 
that could be a big reason too. Back then they didn't have the internet. They had dirt sheets that barely anybody read because it was just something that you would sign up through through uh, through mail. It wasn't email or anything. It was actually through your mail that you would sign up for something. And or you didn't have that at all. So Let, that could play a factor. Let's move on to Brock Lesnar, that portion of Vince McMahon's interview. Speak. What do you feel, Chris, being that you really haven't spoken about that? What do you what are your feelings about Brock Lesnar only appearing on WWE TV? I'm gonna say whenever he wants because that's what I believe. It's not whenever he wants. I feel like he has an allotted amount of days in his contract. And WWE has to work with that. Um, however, I feel like it's a little BS because isn't the aren't, as a champion, aren't you supposed to defend every thirty days, or else you get stripped of your title? Yeah, and it's been like seventy-ish days, probably. 60, over. Uh, yeah, seventy-one, I think. Yeah, I mean that's what happened with week. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but I feel which that, was the storyline that just happened. Thanks, Lawrence. Um, anyway, I feel that they should implicate that because that's what everybody's you know the brass what's the brass ring the brass ring is being wwe champion right no one can capture that brass ring if the wwe champion is not there because he's contractually obligated to a certain amount of days i mean how do you compare a champion all right so you have numbers and a lot of rankings and whatever are done by numbers um right now brock lesnar's on whatever day he has been champion. How do you compare that to people that have like back um, like during the Attitude Era or even a few years ago when they did have the champion defended so many days and they did ha- they had just as many num- uh, days uh, ch- as champion as Brock Lesnar? I don't understand how they could look at a number of oh Brock Lesnar was champion for three hundred seventy five days while someone like The Rock was champion for three hundred oh, just for example. 374 days so Brock Lesnar is a little bit better because he was champion for a little bit longer like I feel like you're, you have to look at when it comes to things like this you have to look at what they have done in that time right. and everything is everything has a number now and it's, I think that's wrong Brock Lesnar won the championship appeared maybe two times since then maybe one time two or three yeah. title defenses though yeah. How's All that comparable? Trust, you know, I think. And then it's like, oh, Vince McMahon, I believe Vince said that Brock Lesnar is like the spectacle. Like it should be something special like WrestleMania where it's once a year. That's where Vince is losing it because if you want to sell your network, you have your champion. Oh, I'm going I'm to cut ahead to Monday Night to not Monday Night Raw, but where whenever Vince is on Monday Night Raw, he doesn't put over any of his talent or anything like that. He doesn't put over the upcoming event or anything. He's putting. He's usually putting over the network, or and I think that that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong. It's a you know it's a necessary evil, especially in the first year of life that the network has been. Especially in the first year, you're not gonna break with with small business in itself. You're not gonna break even, and went on the, the Stone Cold podcast, he said, you know, numbers are doing good, everything's doing good, but they wanted that million people in the first yeah. first quarter. Well, they didn't Vince's get that. He, what? he shouldn't have overshot that number. No, he shouldn't have overshot his wad. I mean, he's used to overshooting his wads. <laughs> oh, that was a sexual joke. Um, anyway. But then, but then with, that, with that number, I feel like it's very difficult to 
expect that number when you're not opening your network out to outside of the America. I mean, the UK is still waiting for it. Yeah, and isn't Japan still waiting for it? Too? The rest of the world's still waiting for it too. But once they get all the kinks out and everything like that, did I ever? Did I tell a story about my? I don't know. Who cares? It's the 200th episode. Tell it. Okay. Well, I don't really care any either because I didn't get the job. But anyway, um, <laughs> was it was it was it February? Was it? Anyway, um, yeah, February. I was in the WWE headquarters because I was I applied for a job because they were hiring people for the network and they were looking people to put together small package pieces and this that and the other thing and um, I somehow had a connection to get into there to get an interview so I had an interview at WWE headquarters I went into WWE headquarters I laughed the entire time going through there uh, <laughs> laughed because you were happy being there or Left as I went to the main foyer and I said, hey, I have an interview with so-and-so. I sit down and there's a big bronze statue of Andre the Giant. So I'm just sitting there laughing hysterically. And then I look up and there's a giant poster for Elimination Chamber with Stephanie McMahon on it. Guy comes down to greet me. Hey, how's it going? I'm so-and-so. Nice to meet you. Hey, how's it going, Chris? I walk in the elevator. I look up and there's Monday Night Raw from the last Monday. I'm sitting there. I'm like biting my tongue. And the guy's Jeez. like, all right, yeah, it was, it, was, it was incredible. Go into his office. He's like, all right, yeah, here. Guy was super cool about everything. I go into this room where I met with this entire team of, uh, like, I guess the, the team I'd be working with. And he's like, he's in there. He's like, hey, want some free WWE magazines? I get, like, five free WWE <laughs> magazines. I'm just like. Rest in is... peace to the magazine, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I interview with this team. I show them some of my material. They're just like, oh, this is cool. Oh, how come we haven't gotten a GoPro yet? And then as you saw with those Boogeyman videos, they just put GoPros wherever they wanted. You're welcome, WWE. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I, so now we know who's, who's the, uh, the genius behind that idea. Yeah, no, I, um, I did this video, and if you're friends with me on Facebook, where I strapped a GoPro to my head and I did the color run, which is a 5K where they throw like powdered – Colored powdered shit at you. That's and, so. That's. I'm just. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Um, that is such a fun race. I volunteered for that the other, uh, like last month in October. That not, not last month, but in October. And that is so much fun, especially because everything that like it's also they sponsor like some sort of a a charity or something. So all of your money goes or a portion goes to that. And you guys should do, go check it out. Yeah, but anyway, so, I showed them that video, and they're just like, this is really cool. And they're, both, they're like, the three of them are looking at you like, how can we haven't invested in any GoPros yet? I'm just like, yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, I have this great interview. They all loved me. They're, here's another plug for the podcast. They're just like, oh, yeah, like, we're getting into podcasts. Do you know anything about that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've helped my friends because they have a podcast. I helped them do a little bit of editing on their show. <laughs> you went right they probably tuned in. They were like that motherfucker. You should, no, you, you should have went – honestly, you should have mentioned Marking Out because at that time, they were retweeting us so much. We were featured on their website a lot, especially that with that guy Craig. Saying, Absolutely, we don't want anything to do with you. No, yeah, no. If they didn't want anything to do, they wouldn't have featured us at all. And Craig Tello, one of the uh, guys in charge or editors – he would feature us on that WWE um, tweets after Raw or whatever, yeah. and they they would feature us on that uh, that headline website of the website. So I do question if it may have been. I'm kind of curious if you did mention marking out if that would have created conversation. I didn't. 
I didn't want to because I didn't want to seem like, hey, look, there's this mark that's trying to get a yeah. job at WWE. But anyway, like during the interview, they're like, oh, are you familiar with the product? And as I lied through my teeth, I said, I used to watch it a long time ago, but I really don't watch it. I'll pop it on between football and what That I, was probably what, another big mistake. No, well, that was probably, that was actually really smart because they don't want to, they probably don't want to think, oh hey, what's this Larry doing here? That no, in all their interview thing, in all their their job things, it says you have to be up on current product. Yeah, yeah well, I do. I do know. I spoke down. Uh, I never spoke about this, but I did meet with one of their uh, video editors or one of the guys that are uh, the heads up for um, their video uh, their camera work. And I yeah. met with him, had lunch and everything, and he was telling me that he isn't a fan of the WWE like he isn't a fan of the current product he doesn't really know it too much and primarily like Chris was saying he was behind the camera making sure that the the red and the greens of the Titantron were accurate and everything that he was recording he was just recording he was there for work and he didn't really care what was being put on in the ring he just cared that what us as fans were watching on television was accurate it was clear and it was crisp and it was as it should be i guess i guess like a writing job would be different then yeah absolutely yeah i can see so to end my to end my uh end my story we really have to continue on with everything else because we don't want to be a three-hour episode um a month a month passed and i finally got a call back from the uh recruiter there and unfortunately they went someone that i had a little bit more experience even though they liked me I'm apparently in their system, so if another job opening comes up, they're going to call me. But apparently the guy that I met with, the recruiter, no longer works there. So You, you never know who he passes his uh, his material to, though. Hello, Chris. Yeah. This is Big Johnny. It's your go. <laughs> You're up. Um, I, you know what? You know what? That, that was one of my goals in life was to try to get a job at WWE. I did it, and after all the things that have been exposed recently – and apparently, like, you know, a couple of months after the network was, they bunch they fired a bunch of people at headquarters. So I could have been one of those people. So you could have not too. I mean, there are two <laughs> sides. I would have been like I would have been like, listen, absolutely I'm not accepting my resignation until <laughs> until Vince <laughs> comes to my face and says, You're fired. <laughs> I mean, it, there there are two ways about it. But and you you do not know. They may still have you in their little uh their flip book, and you not, you do not never know what's going to happen. The world and everything that happens with our lives is just sporadic, crazy, and unpredictable. So you, yeah, watch, you do not know. Watch, I'm going to get a picture. I'm going to get a phone call now. Chris, yeah, it's Vince McMahon. I want you to come here and take pictures of me. <laughs> it's like, guys, guys, we can't add the 200th episode. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you have right. to edit everything out. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Brady will uh, hate my guts as much as I hate his for I would making just make me. Dave re-record. <laughs> yeah, right. No, this is right. audio. This is audio gold melting out of our mouths into something. Your anyway. ears, your mouths, your ears, ears. 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 Nobody's ears listening. Gold. Nobody's Who's putting in their mouth, David. Melting your ear pussies. <laughs> I'm spewing gold into your ears right now. <laughs> your vaginas. <laughs> That's oh, right. Okay, Dave. What was that Casey Morgan thing? We're penetrating. No, it We're was completely it was, penetrating. Gargle, gargle, <laughs> blah, blah. There you go. Brandon's penetrating you right now as well. Gargle, gargle. <laughs> and you're penetrating him, apparently. Yeah, you like that tuna fish. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, anything else to bring up with the Vince McMahon podcast before we uh, move on? I thought it was great. As much as we can criticize about it, I thought it was a good interview with a person that you really don't see in the limelight at all doing any interviews whatsoever. 
Yeah, he was definitely – you could see his discomfort <laughs> that he – like there was a few – like once he Stone Cold brought up Cesaro, Cesaro it, it kind of looked like Vince McMahon in his mind. He was just like, oh, it's going to be like this. There was a lot of stuff that I, I feel like he danced around though. Even when Steve but said – But wouldn't you – if you were if you were the president, if you were publicly tra- – I'm sorry for – I wouldn't go on the show. If, if, you're, you if to, you're gonna if you know that there's questions that are gonna happen like that, then why go on a show and dance around it? Tell the I fucking think, truth. Just go on and tell the truth. Knew. I don't think that he knew what was gonna happen because he saw it. Oh, Steve he, was I mean, my guy. Exactly. He saw Steve as his Steve guy. Steve would and never would, ask me about TNA. I'm not gonna dance around the question. Exactly. When I'm he brought up TNA, that. I'm surprised that he didn't bring up a lot of other uh, past episodes. But he I'm did say that maybe. But it may be a part one of there may be part two, part three. Right. Vince McMahon, boy, he aged. Anybody else? Like, I yeah. couldn't get over that. How much he has aged since since the Attitude Era, even. I mean, before that, he's I mean, been aging gradually, but the difference is, wow. I he's think- 70 years old. Give the man a break. Come on. No, I definitely do. But, like, even if you just compare the hairline and the hair... I think, I think I was more surprised that TNA didn't go ahead and tweet out saying we were just mentioned on WWE Network. <laughs> and you can watch us on <laughs> this channel. Yeah. All right. So I think we got our share in a CM Punk and Vince McMahon talk for now. Um, so well, let's that's move what's, That's what's relevant. Come on, man. But by that the is. way, what I have to say is I hope they do more of these because I think it was good for the network. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure tons I, of people tuned in. And it got a lot of people to talk. I mean, as we said, it would have to be someone, I think someone besides someone that has a podcast one or just because they are doing so well interviewing people outside WWE, even it, maybe if it's temporary here and there, kind of a special show. But I think they'd be better off maybe even a Mick Foley, give him Foley, because Foley hasn't done it yet. So maybe give Foley his own podcast. No, just make but, him Santa Claus. He's fine. Yeah, right. All right, but let's move on. Yeah, let's let's. We spent like forty-five minutes just talking about this man, CM Punk. That's right. It's everyone's favorite heel, heel Franklin. And I just want to congratulate Mark and Adam the two hundredth episode. You guys had a better career than TNA and Railroad Rudy. Congratulations, guys. I'm known all over the world as Enigma. That's right. I'm Jeff Hardy style Enigma. That's right. I paint on walls. And I piss and take pictures of it on my Instagram. Cause it's art. I did drugs, then I didn't, then I did again. Then I apologize and now I'm just floating. But not from the drugs, Jeff Hardy style. Enigma, congrats, marking out for 200 episodes. North Carolina, Jeff Hardy style. By the way, I made you CM Punk. What's up, Marking Out? It's Matthew Grant from Weekly Wrestling Podcast. Just wanted to congratulate you guys on hitting 200 episodes. That's a huge mark, and I'm happy to see you guys reach such a big accomplishment. Looking forward to working with you guys for the next 200-plus episodes. All the best, and once again, guys, congratulations. You totally deserve it. And now it's time for some sports entertainment talk here on Marking Out, 200th episode. But don't worry, I'm still here. Yes, and Chris is still here. So let's talk about SmackDown. We're going to start off with the middles because there's no beds. So let's talk about the middles. This and, I need you to introduce this. Okay, which so, I, I guess I would cut you off there anyway. But because I this was in my goods. For, for me, SmackDown last week was all good. Okay, well, this is in my middles. But not, not that it was bad. I just thought that it could have been better. Um, my middle was The New Day, their debut on SmackDown. 
versus uh, Curtis Axel and Slater Gator. I was a big fan of um, of the end of the finish of the match where you had Biggie big had the big ending to the DDT. Yeah, I thought that oh, was wait, a- wait the Kofi dump jumped off with the DDT. Like yeah, did yeah, a, yeah. They did a raw. Yeah, um, the top that's, DDT. That's a tag team finisher. I agree with you. I think that that was a perfect double team finisher mixing what Biggie did to something Kofi could add to it. And that was that Kofi or was it Xavier Woods? We don't know because they look so goddamn the same. Dave and the alien, they look so goddamn the same. I think it might have been Woods that did that. I I thought it was Kofi. I thought Woods was on the side. It might have been. But I think that makes the big ending look so much more powerful than it I agree. There's so much. I mean, come on. You add add someone coming off the turnbuckle to anything and it ends impact. But specifically to this, it works out perfectly. Uh, yeah. My whole deal. Brandon was a big fan of it. Yeah, because there was deal. there was all the there were quick tags between Kofi Woods and Langston. They all it allowed them Kofi and Woods to get the the kicks and Langston to get the splash. Well, my my entire deal with it is that, and it's not really any problems too too many problems that sent it to the middles for me. I just thought that Biggie is way too animated, like over the top animated, and this is how he has been. So it's nothing new. But I really wanted to see him more of a more of a powerhouse wrestler, more serious than the c- comedic at times. I don't or think he's that comedic, though. I mean, like, not on purpose. Yeah, not yeah. on purpose. But at times, like he's laughable. Um, yeah. But I also thought that, excuse me, I thought that the debut of the New Day it would have made more of an impact on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think and so. That's but that's still one of the few reasons why I do have it in the middle because I think that if they did have it on Monday Night Raw, you could have. I don't know if they had it on SmackDown just because they were scared they may have not have gotten over with the crowd and they would have probably. had dead silent as opposed to. So on Monday Night Raw, if that happened, they would have silence. But on SmackDown, they could pipe in something. And when I think- we get. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, when we get to Monday Night Raw, I'll voice my opinion on that. But Brandon, okay. continue. I was going to say that I think that their theme song is something that needs to be changed uh, as opposed to just using the song that's in their promo videos. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of would yeah. rather them use something else. And um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I also I have to say that I like that, that launching over-the-top move, that biggie and – it's Kofi tag team did. wrestling. Yeah. It's and they, they're perfecting it. You know, tag team wrestling is alive and well in the WWE. And Rio's wrestling brother, that's what we need. Especially I, with I a tag team cool. like the New Day. Come yeah. on. That would be cool for sure. Um, and all right, so that was our our middle, New Day picking up the victory. Let's move on to the goods. Uh, that opening promo, well, not promo, but the opening segment of Raw, Miz TV with Miz and Mizdow interviewing the Big Show. Yeah, yeah, Big Show was a guest, and he spoke about knocking out John Cena and how he really shouldn't have joined Team Cena in the first place. But they got cut off by Daniel Bryan, who made some matches, including that 20-man battle royal for the U.S. Championship. Yeah, because uh, Rusev refused to, well, he did not partake in that reciting of the national anthem yeah and i do i like how when miz said that daniel bryan was stealing his spotlight and daniel bryan was like well the only one stealing your spotlight is miz now and i thought that was funny crowd erupted yeah um and i think and i, I said i said the last time that i was on the show i think damien miz Dow 
is really coming into his own. And once he turns on the Miz or the Miz turns on him, well, I hope it's, he turns on the Miz. The crowd's going to go nuts. No, no, keep it going. I'm sorry. They have to do it in an appropriate time. They have to do it in an appropriate city. Like if they do it the night after, like if they keep this going till Mania, as the night after Mania turns on them, that place will be ballistic. Even do it at Mania. No, don't do it. No, I think it'd be better for the night after. Yeah. Because it's a smaller arena, so you could hear more. And also you have those hardcore fans that go to the night after. And they're they're hyping that up more than they are hyping up the Royal Rumble. But it's like, let's let's hope for something like that. Because Dave and I say this multiple times on on this show, that Damian Sandow and John Cena, they had probably a match of the year candidate in the beginning of this year. And then just and fell no off. Members. Right. And yeah. it was probably one of the hottest moments that Sandow has been in his career. And now with this Mizdow character, hopefully that will build him back up. I mean, I, I even think that what he was doing before was building him up. A lot of well, things were passionate. Yeah. I mean, that's but what like, we were you had saying. A, but you, yeah, we, both of us were saying that. But you had a lot of fans gotta, bashing that. Right. Like, why are you not pushing Sandow? You're making him come out as Uncle Sam. You're making him come out of this, this guy. But we oh, saw it at... Yeah. yeah, we saw it as they got, are you, pushing him. You're you just gotta not break somebody it. down to build them up. That's the thing. I didn't even see it as them breaking him down. I saw it as them building the support and backing for Sandow to help him, and it worked. And that's exactly what happened. But you did mention to the you preluded to that U.S. title battle royal on the line. Um, you had Rusev among a ton of other wrestlers. A lot of things to take out of it. Eric Rowan eliminated Big Show. You had Mizdow. Come on. Miz got eliminated, and Mizdow eliminated himself. <laughs> Which, Come on. That was perfect. That was hilarious. That was awesome. Uh, your final four wrestlers, let's get down to the cream of the crop. Oh, wait. Before match. you even mention that, I, liked, I have okay. to say that when Miz was even teetering on the lines of getting eliminated, Sandow was in the corner doing the same exact thing. It's perfect. With nobody even trying to eliminate him. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's perfect. Like... There, there's nothing you can say wrong about that. Miz, what Mizdow is doing, it's amazing. Yeah, and now um, what you were gonna say with the final, final four? Yeah, your final four wrestlers of the Surprising. battle royal: Tyson Kidd, Rusev, Back. Swagger, and Cesaro. Um, I think that it's safe to say all of us were happy with the final four. Uh, yes. Well, I wouldn't say completely satisfied, I don't know, man. but. I mean, it, the, it makes the most sense with Swagger and Rusev and then now Kid and Cesaro teaming up. I don't know, man. Hopefully I'm, teaming up. Yeah, what I'm, are you saying? The only, I'm not the, big, the biggest Tyson Kid fan. Huh. Why not? I don't know. I am or? Is it because of how he treats Natalia? I mean. <laughs> Is it because he's in the Brandon Shoutout Hall of Fame or? No, no. I don't know, man. He just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, the uh, only I, thing that appeals to me are his kick pads with a bunch of cats on it. That's about it. <laughs> That's true. Um, I the one thing that I didn't get was you have Rusev, Cesaro, Kid all trying to eliminate Swagger, and you have Rusev specifically and Cesaro primarily built as the stronger wrestlers in the WWE, and they're unable to eliminate Swagger. That's battle royal. What does that mean? Yeah, well, it's like how could you choke? You're not supposed to. But At you least had, not, in my eyes, you're not supposed to showcase their talents like that. I, I, I think that you do, though. In the past, you do. Like, if you had a power wrestler, if you had Roman Reigns or someone, you would have a pretty fairly easy time eliminating someone. While you ha- put together 
the duo. Uh, I mean, Tyson Kidd was there too, but you had the duo of these two um, stronger, powerful WWE wrestlers, and they couldn't eliminate Swagger together. Uh, that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But overall, I thought it was a good good battle royal. Very good. Rusev picking up the victory, which I think is his first battle royal victory out of like the twenty seven thousand that he's been in. Yeah, yeah, and you have to give you have to give. Uh... Hopefully this will elevate Rusev a little bit more, and they they have to really start building him a lot more than the, what they are doing. I mean, they're doing a good job of building him up, but they have to, you know, to bring some prestige back to the United States title after it's been kind of falling on the wayside. I don't know if you'll. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, um, I was gonna. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but with you mentioning the prestige of the championship, I, I mean, it's been so long that I haven't been able to speak to you about pro wrestling, really, especially on a, a form of our podcast. But would you agree with me that I think that Randy Orton would be a good mix for the U.S. Championship just to help with the prestige factor of it? They need these wrestlers that were would normally be used in the main event wrestling for the for the U.S. championship just to help with that prestige factor. What do you think about that? I don't know. That's a fine line because we're, t- we're sick and tired of seeing Randy Orton. Yes, but I could see myself not being tired of him in a scene like this because it's so much different. And there's so much more – I feel like there's more my, uh, possibility and more storyline and more usage that you could get out of Orton to use him in this aspect because it's something that we haven't seen. Well, speaking of not being tired of seeing – Nikki Bella defeated Emma. It was a quick match. Yeah, they, she used uh, Chris's favorite move, the rack attack. The oh, rack attack. I thought you were going to say the disaster kick. <laughs> but, no. Yeah, but afterwards, Nikki cut a promo about AJ saying that she's worked harder than AJ to get where she is. And then AJ ran out and Nikki basically threw Brie into her. And but apparently scared. that entire promo was like heavily edited. Yeah, right? I would love to know what the full the full promo was probably like spot on like completely like AJ's exposed completely. Yeah, as as if she's not exposed enough right now. And like and John Cena apparently was like tweeting about Nikki's he, promo too. He praised it, right? Yeah, yeah, he he was very proud of her. I what mean, are you, what are your opinions of AJ? Just so we we're on the same page here. Chris? I think it, I think AJ's fine in the ring. I mean, she adds a little bit of a different sort of diva, whereas all these are tall, blonde, big boobies, long legs. She's different. I appreciate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, Brandon hates her. Yeah, I've seen her for what she is. I mean, her shining, shining wizard stinks. But it's not even a shining wizard. That's such bullshit that they call that a shining wizard. <laughs> it's called the vagina to the it's face. It's not even a step up enziguri. It's like a vagina to the face. I still, I still think that uh, you got knocked out more by the smell than you do the kick. Wow, <laughs> he said that CM Punk, not me. <laughs> yeah, shots fired. Yeah, CM Punk, be be uh, okay with taking a shot back at us and helping us out. <laughs> we have two point one million listeners just to hear. Yeah, me. we'll be okay with that. We'll go on dot com. Bunch of marks comment on the smell of AJ Base. <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> Yeah, the smell that is no. I'm just <laughs> Nick, Jeez. Nick, Nick Peglino from WrestleZone.com will report that. <laughs> Breaking news: AJ's vagina <laughs> smells via this. <laughs> Claim to have been there before and smelt it, dealt it. Wait, no. 
That's just stupid. Moving on, though. Um, you also had Ryback defeating Seth Rollins by DQ. Yeah, which was such a bull, bull ending with Kane running down with a steel chair and Kane never connecting with the chair, never doing anything, but still, that's a disqualification. Agreed. It sure is. And then after the match, Kane attacked Ryback with a chair. That's great officiating there. But Agreed with you. Yeah, and then our main event, we saw Dolph Ziggler defeating Luke Harper by count out. And uh, the Intercontinental Championship was on the line. And uh, the match itself was good. But after Luke Harper was counted out, he got in the ring and knocked Ziggler down. And he went to go grab the title. And to hit Ziggler with, Ziggler ducked and got hit with the zigzag. Luke Harper, at least. Yeah, zigzagging all the way. Yeah, um, but I, yeah. okay. Question that I was when I was watching Survivor Series, do you think uh, Dolph Ziggler was trying to steal the Young Bucks gimmick of doing uh, too many super kicks? No, there's <laughs> yeah. not. There's no way in form any shape as many super kicks that are being done by this Young Bucks. Who, by I the way, I got Bucks. a holiday. Yeah, I got a holiday card from them. By the way, uh, really? how do you, what do you read? Oh, I don't even know what it said. They're on the they're on the front giving a super kick, I think, to Santa. It's from, it's from High Spots. I yeah, ordered I, a bunch from High Spots. Yeah, Brandon got the El Generico mask that I'm really uh, kind of upset about. But I mine, mine doesn't have the white thing in the back, the tie. It doesn't? Yeah, but I guess not all of Generico's masks had that. I have no clue. Because I've seen – I, I do – I looked up pictures and I've seen pictures of him without the, the white – I don't know I what mi- to call it even. I miss him. Yeah, but he'll be making his return for Cooking with Brandon Four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no. I mean, he does have that, as we will speak about later, but he does have that match coming up with his career no, on the no, line. Not his career. He doesn't. Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn has a match with his yes, career on the line. Yes, so you El never Generico's know what take, may happen. El Generico's taking care of the orphans. Yeah, but he, he might have to get called in after Sammy Zayn leaves. One could hope, maybe. Who knows? God, I just had a Mark Boner for that. Okay. <laughs> Continuing on. Marking out, it's Jasmine, a.k.a. Reverse and Massage. Uh, Botch my name there. Anyway, just wanted to wish you guys congratulations on reaching 200 episodes. It's cold as hell right now, but I just wanted to get this uh, to you guys before I forgot. Uh, Congratulations again. I hope to hear many more episodes, and you guys rock. Thanks. This is the NYWC sign guy, Beamington B, and congratulations for marking out on their 200th episode. Can't wait till 300, guys. Hello there, my friends. Hello there, David. Hello there, Brandon. Hello there, Eeyore. I just want to say congratulations on 200 episodes of your show. Now let's go get Tigger to pay for a smackerel of honeys. <laughs> let's continue on now to a certain show that's on Monday nights. <laughs> really? You, really? You do it. Really, it's, Brandon? Come really, on. Brandon, you're, you're supposed to kayfabe this and just not Hit even it. realize. If I Hit say it. the stupidest thing, I'd be like, Monday Night Football, you're supposed to go. Hmm, Monday Night Nitro. Freak yes. out, freak out. Yes, let's get on to it. I don't even know what the good dads yes. and middles are. All I see is like Brandon doing that and Chris sitting creepily like in the corner of a dark room yes. rubbing his hands. It's like, yes, do that. <laughs> like, like a villain just rubbing yes. his hands. Yeah. Or like Mr. Burns where he does the finger thing. 
Yeah, that's exactly or, what Or I'm like gonna... Smithers when he does that other finger thing. <laughs> I've got the rece- <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. <laughs> I've got the receding hairline to, to do the whole villain gimmick, so uh, let's uh, talk about the good bads or middles because I don't know what they are. Let's let's go with the bads. There's only two of them. Uh, right now, there's Fandango defeating Jack Swagger via forfeit because... Now, I, I'm Fandango sorry. Fandango wanted to dance, right? I actually ha- I may have this in my bads for a different reason than you. Why do you... Uh, I'll just say why I do. But I... <laughs> I have it in the No, you bed. first. All right, fine. Me first. I have it as bad because I feel like with Van Dangle making his uh, big return at the last pay-per-view and everything like that, he should not be in the be treated to a forfeit right now. Okay. It does nothing to assist him. It does nothing to put him over as a heel. It does nothing to put him over as a face or anything. I feel like that, that was a poor selection to put him in that spot to pick up the forfeit. Um, you could have had Tyson Kidd in that aspect to pick up the forfeit, and that would have been fine. But Fandango, when he's coming back from such a long break, he should be featured in a match, not be picking up a forfeit. I do agree with you, and the reason why there was a forfeit was because Jack Swagger didn't come out because Zeb Coulter was taken out backstage. Uh, Swagger, who did this? Who did this? Like, why couldn't we all just assume it was Rusev? I'm too high. I don't know what's going on. Who did this? Oh, my God. And I think, so- I think Rosa Mendez... Uh, announcing, well, she announced Fandango as the winner, but she even did that terribly. Just like I said, terribly. But yeah, she sounded awful. Like she looks when when she's doing the new entrance, it looks as if she's counting her steps and trying. She's not even. She doesn't have a real smile on her face, dude. That's probably because she is. She's probably counting it on her mind. They have to get someone that actually knows how to dance, and yeah. that's not there just to give blowjobs to the backstage area. She looks like a thirteen. A thirteen-month-year-old trying to walk when she's dancing backstage. No, what? What? Did you say what as well, Chris? No, No. I did because I'm I'm talking about her giving blowjobs backstage. No, oh, thirteen-year-old. Well, I said when she dances, ass. (laughs) All right. And the only other bad thing in our bads, Paul Heyman's promo that happened live from the. Well, I don't know if it was live. I assume it was from it the was, WWE World Headquarters. That I've been to. That I've been to. Not in. I've been inside. I have, yes. <laughs> I've, yes. We've, been, we've been to the outside. <laughs> I, I've been almost inside the warehouse thing. Yeah, we had, the warehouse was completely open. We looked at each other. We were like, do we go in? Do and we, we take, like, no, do we take that in. giant pay-per-view poster or the ring banner? I don't know. Do yeah, we? the ring banner they had hanging up. And we were like, yeah, we're going to get arrested. <laughs> get yeah, but he spoke some mumbo-jumbo, which uh, – uh, some people get behind it and can look past the champion never being on television or pay-per-view, but like I said earlier, I think it's just bullshit that Brock Lesnar's not, and I think that Paul Heyman can't do anything to mask it. I, I'm, I'm completely, I've seen through all of it. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of the excuses as to why Brock um, Lesnar doesn't need to be on TV. Can I say two things? No, you can only say Number one, Paul. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, Paul Heyman looks super fat in that video. In that video, you don't get to say people look fat. That's just rude. He, okay. he meant like with a PH Brandon. Don't be offended by everything, yeah, right? Like, Chris, didn't like, you mean PH? Yeah, like Fat Pat, who is yeah. under two hundred twenty pounds. And how doing, sick is that picture? Absolutely mind blowing. Good for him, man. Bravo, Pat. You know I love you. <laughs> you know Bravo. I love you, man. You know I love you, dude. No, good. For, good for him, man. No, yeah, definitely. That is good for him. But and then number two, do you feel like the whole Fandango? Fa- excuse me, 
Fandango uh, reboot has uh, fallen by the wayside. Uh, it was so uh, it was so unnecessary. You have no well, you do have an idea. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you listen to our past episode or past episodes since he's redebuted, which, we completely tore it apart. Which you could listen to on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, I think on Stitcher Radio. Markout.com is yeah, three years. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. There was no need to change that theme song, no need to change that entrance or any attire or anything about him. It was just the creative. Right. It's, wasn't it, him it, as it's, a it's a really poor thing that happened. Vince was like, Fandango, we want you to be Spanish now. Well, it is a it's he's coming out to Fandango music. That's the kind of music he should have had from the start, but you know, take something that was over away and put yeah. that. Especially with Rosa Mendez, who can't dance, which mm-hmm. I said last week, I believe. We already saw that it was proven that she can't dance when she was with Primo and Epico. So yeah. yeah. She can do that ship hip twist and that's about it and then she could hang upside down from fandango because that's probably her personal life but i'm not (laughs) judging that so let's move let's progress upward uh let's move into the middles brandon how did this let's talk with that about that opening promo what did you think this for me was completely bullshit i'm surprised as all anything that this is in the middles because this was completely horrible for me raw opened up michael cole was reading from the anonymous raw general manager John Cena came out, cut him off, more anonymous GM stuff, which then gets cut off by Seth Rollins with J&J Security. A tables match was set up where if Cena loses, he's no longer number one contender. Cena attacks Rollins and JJ, J&J Security, but then that's where Kane runs in to stop him. Rollins grabs a table, Ryback runs out, of course, stopped by Kane, uh... Eric Rowan takes some people out, but Big Show comes out, then Ziggler runs out, then Luke Harper gets out gets out there, whatever. Yes, and it was awesome to open no, up Raw with that. That's something you close Raw with. <laughs> no, I, thought no, I agree. Whole, I, hope, I thought the whole segment was a giant clusterfuck. Why would you have Cena go through the table right away and then have him yeah. Then he competes in the main event. Then he competes okay. in the main event. That was complete right, no, stupid I'll agree with bullshit. You with that. But everything else, it was perfect to set up the entire Raw to get viewers and to be like, holy shit, okay, this is how you're going to open. So the rest of the show has to be up to this par. Guess what? I mean, it was up to that par. Absolutely was up to that par, the rest of the show. It was okay, complete garbage. Okay, okay, depending on who you're asking. I think a lot of people, Chris even said Rawful. I don't know if he was referring to this episode. No, I, think, no, no, I was referring to your tweets. Oh, oh yeah, well, because it was. No, I was. I didn't think Raw was that bad. I just, I couldn't, it just, for that fact that that opened up the way it did and it took like 30 minutes or so to do it, do so, it just it, dragged Raw yeah, down I for me. That was fine. I mean, they, the thing that they fucked up with was having... Sorry for cursing, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry oh, for cursing. Hard. Having the uh, anonymous GM start Raw with that beeping and everything and creating, uh, causing Cena to come out. That was the flaw. But the fact that they had everybody come out... Um, to make the save and the save and the save. I am so behind that. I thought it set up the TLC pay-per-view and I thought it was I thought it was done very well. Well, I like I said a few weeks ago, I think there are too many segments being devoted to one storyline. And well, I, that I just... think I think we'll agree to disagree and uh something that we will not agree to disagree on is the next middle. Yeah. Big show and uh, Rowan. Yeah, Eric Rowan defeated him via disqualification. I like Eric Rowan. Me too. I was actually listening to his theme song today. I like it. 
It's good. It's got a banjo in it. It yeah. does. But it's it's not even that. I feel like his character is something that we haven't seen. Right. Like the the idiot the idiot. I don't want to say the idiot savant because. But well, actually, idiot. that's kind of I no. Mean, that's perfect. Not, it's not so far off from uh, Luke Gallows from Festus. No, 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 no. It is, but it's no, far no, away. But from it's, it's not because far off in the fact that they were both simple, and then boom, all of a sudden he would freak out. But that it's yes, I I've had I've, I have explained why it's completely different. Yes, it's no, not it's completely far off. It's completely different, and it's far off. And I'm gonna say I disagree with that. Hold on, and I'm okay, gonna say that so it's th- also not far off from Ezekiel Jackson when oh he was God, when he it? was with uh, the Brian Kendrick. Okay, well, I am going to disagree off. right there and cut so. you off and not let you speak again for a little bit because I'm going to go on to a little rant about that because everybody loves it when I argue with you, Brandon. But I do not agree with you at all, and you are bizarre for even thinking that. Eric Rowan, uh, Chris did say, I think Chris used it perfectly. He is an idiot savant because in the interview with him, he did mention that he had a very high IQ. He was able to do whatever he did with the guitar, and he was a, a winemaker. And uh, so I do think that they're making him out to be an idiot savant. And there is no th- no relation to him and Festus. Yes, he may be a little – he's not slow. Maybe he's a little bit offbeat because, um, because of whatever's going on. But he has a huge IQ as opposed to Festus uh, who you would just – don't know how Festus' IQ oh, was. He was drugged. Who, who would – That's who would what just, it was. That's when he turned into the straight edge society. Who would just snap at the ring bell? There is no snappage to Rowan. Rowan is always snapped. He doesn't need a ring bell to turn him on or anything. I mean, it's, I think it's completely different from Festus. It's completely different from Festus. And where the heck do you see Ezekiel Jackson comparing him to uh, which means Rowan? That, which means you have no idea how Ezekiel Jackson was when he was managing the Brian Kendrick. He was with Brian Kendrick, but there was and no... And he was very, uh, a simple person. He couldn't even read. Bam so he's illiterate. No, it was, he was a very simple character, just like Eric Rowan, just I like don't, Festus. But that's the thing, but Eric Rowan isn't simple. It, uh, yes, he is. He, they spoke about his high IQ. I don't no, care how high somebody's IQ is. is. You could still be simple. I don't think he's too simple. I think that he's just... Not all. He may not all be there, but I don't think. I think he may be far from simple. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're with his high IQ, his winemaking, his guitar, and his everything else that he's been doing. You could still I, make wine and be simple. Uh, I, I, well, I still disagree. I one hundred percent disagree with you. With that's him fine. Being we simple. can agree to disagree. Uh, exactly. Uh, one of our many, many mottos. Yeah, but like we were talking about, Eric Rowan defeated Big Show by disqualification. Big Show grabbed the stairs and hit Eric Rowan with it. And I think when Big Show dropped the steps and the steps bounced right into Eric Rowan's skull, which that had to hurt. That is so Bush League. I mean, I'm sure Big Show probably – I can see Big Show backstage being like, I am so yeah, sorry. Well, Are you okay? I like, thought the steps would bounce like that. I know. Exactly. They took a, just an awkward bounce. Like – it wasn't even. It didn't even look like it would go in that direction, and it right. did. And then later on in the raw, you saw that huge mark on Rowan's head from it. Yeah, and I just one more thing that I absolutely hate that they're now calling Eric Rowan Big Red. Yeah, that was Brandon's name for the longest time. Come on, no, only one person has ever called me Big Red. Hey, it was my a gym teacher, and I what the fuck, really? Oh, that's true. Dave used to call me Big Red, but yeah, I kind yeah. of I I stopped speaking to him so. 
Yeah, but he always uh, got a good <laughs> smile out of it when his gym teacher said, hey, what's up, Big Red? That isn't funny. What does that mean? Uh, you use your imagination. Actually, don't use your imagination. We I heard said, you on. Didn't I even we heard say about that your was imagination my seventh a few episodes ago. We don't have to know you about your imagination. What does that mean? Imagination. Let's just talk about Bray Wyatt oh, versus. Uh, actually, no. Let's talk about that promo with Rusev. No, isn't it Bray Wyatt first, or is that Rusev first? No, nope, Rusev comes first. Okay, so Rusev is also something I thought was in the bads, but that was for me. It was attached to the whole Fandango thing. And that's the thing. I don't have it in the beds. I have it in the middles because I didn't attach it to the entire Fandango thing. I kept the two of them separate. Um, I think that Rusev and Lana were fine with the promo. It was. I thought it was fine. No problems with it. Had Swagger come out. I just disconnect that with Fandango. I just think that we've seen that too many times for it to be completely okay for them to do it again. There's, right. like, there's a path that Rusev is down and it's not. It's that's just why like it, it's in limbo. That's why I said you have to, after that whole battle royal, where does Rusev go from here? Right. You have you have to expand him more. And the fact that he's going to be going against Jack Swagger, we've seen this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I hate that they repeat um, opponents for him, like him, Big E. Uh, it just really p- it pisses me off. But you also read those rumors of, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but him feuding with John Cena at some point. Maybe if John Cena loses this match with Rollins, we'll see him and Rusev go at it. No, John Cena needs somebody that's over to <laughs> to latch on to to work with. Yeah. But I'm not even going to get into that one. Moving on to Bray Wyatt defeating R-Truth. This is another thing that it's just like Rusev, I think, where Wyatt shouldn't be facing people like R-Truth or Sin Cara or even Jack Swagger. It's villain matches. Right, but I don't think... I feel like Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose are just... They're... Not to overuse this phrase, but I think they're in limbo right now. Where there's nobody in the same division as them. So exactly. there's no so real competition. Exactly. So you need these matches. It's like, yeah, it's nice to see R-Truth getting some moves in, but... Is it? Who gives a shit? It's I R-Truth. like R-Truth. I like R-Truth. I don't like R-Truth. Release him, please. But I don't think that it's something that should have been... That should have been... But you just said it yourself that you need those matches. I mean, no, all right. no, no. But you just said you just said that There's, Bray Wyatt and his in Dean Ambrose are on their own league, right? And so then there on need, there's other people. They need other people. They okay. can't. I can't see our truth. Who's a nobody in WWE right and now? And that is why it's a perfect filler. I don't think so. To have Bray Wyatt easily go over. It on wasn't it. easily. There was so much offense that that here and there. So who else would be on Bray Wyatt's level to for him to face? I don't You're know. That's again. I have no idea. Exactly. So you, you're not going to not have him on the show. You need so something. Then, but then, I don't understand. Why is Dean Ambrose? Why why is there nothing happening? Where, where Why is Bray Wyatt allowed in these matches where he's getting offense and the other person's getting offense? Dean Ambrose has too. He what just is, had that match with Cesaro last week or two weeks ago where it was a singles match. It was just only a filler match. I, and Cesaro had his offense. I don't know. I guess I kind of put Cesaro in that same class. All right. Uh, next up, you had well, AJ. Well, I have to say that also that after the match, Bray Wyatt, when he was cutting his promo, Ambrose ran down and then broke the rocking chair. So I guess. The, but that was. The, what? Yep, I'm butting it now. That was symbolic because that was the first time that you saw Bray Wyatt like a human. 
He's yeah. been this totally cryptic, insane character, and he broke the rocking chair. So there has to be more to that rocking chair that we don't know about. Yeah. And that's why maybe I can see Br- Bray Wyatt at TLC needs a win. Sister Abigail because, made that for me. Yeah, uh, there we go. Perfect. But Br- Bray Wyatt needs a win because since he was destroyed by Super Cena at WrestleMania, it's been downhill. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I, so, I, like, as much as much as I love Dean Ambrose and I think his character is getting over with the crowds, I think at TLC Bray Wyatt needs this more because where are you going to go from here? He beat, he loses to Dean Ambrose. Then what? Then what is he going to do? I agree with you. I think that you are seeing all the facts and as it is, uh, Bray Wyatt definitely needs that victory at the pay per view. Dean Ambrose, regardless, he's still going to be over with That's the crowd. One. But Bray Wyatt, That's actually, one. That's one. That's kind one. Of, kind of. I think yeah, it might be two of. already. Yeah, I it's think, like no, two I or think, three. Yeah, I think Dave already said it earlier. But no, I definitely. Well, later. Well, no, I think you said it earlier as well. Earlier in life. <laughs> no, <laughs> not in life in the show. Um, yeah, I, no, but they, he does need this victory, as you mentioned with that John Cena match. He needed uh, the victory at WrestleMania and. It's very important that he does pick up that victory or else he's going to start losing um, the attraction level. And I think that with Bray Wyatt, I kind of see them almost maybe building him up as that next Undertaker where on SmackDown, because they, they keep advertising SmackDown next week or this week, Bray Wyatt this. And it seems like they're trying to build up. Obviously, SmackDown's moving to Thursdays. So they need maybe a main attraction for that show. Maybe they'll just completely move Bray off of Raw and put him as the center of SmackDown. That's what I think. I don't know if you guys... Mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting. Something that is also very interesting is our next middle. Um, um, the fans. The, no, the, yeah, the Divas match where Naomi was voted in to be the tag team partner of AJ versus the Bella Twins. It was rigged. Of course, as it always is. But the interesting note, I mean, obviously it was rigged because it's set up with whatever, with what happened um, earlier on SmackDown that we haven't spoken about yet. On, but on Raw? They, um, on Raw? Yeah, we're on Raw right now, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> on, on Raw. Um, with Naomi and The Miz, where Miz passed out his uh, agent's card, saying that he'll help her out with getting the music video up there. And now you're also seeing – so you have that altercation with him and who, Jimmy? Yeah. With Jimmy. But you're also seeing Naomi in the spotlight on Twitter with uh, tweeting back and forth with Maurice, uh, former uh, Divas champion? Mm-hmm. Probably former Divas one of the champion. longest reigning, I think. Yeah, yeah former Maurice Divas champion great. Maurice uh, tweeting back and forth since then. So with Naomi being voted – into this match, I kind of see Maurice possibly coming out of retirement. Nope, not happening. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see that either. But uh, during, as per this match, I think there were a few mishaps during it, and uh, I don't think it was Nikki's greatest showing. Giggity. And and I also think that if you saw the finish of this match, then you would know that AJ has never seen anyone do a shining wizard. And that nobody has the heart to tell her that it's not the move that she does. I don't know. Maybe she's watching one of maybe she's watching one of Great Muda's recent matches. No, because even Great Muda's old Shining Wizard looks <laughs> like a Shining Wizard. Uh, I don't know. Recently, he hasn't really been looking like himself. 
Well, I wonder why. You could say the same thing about Vince McMahon. Yeah. I actually did say that. You could say uh, the same thing about Shane McMahon if you ever see him. Yeah. All right, old. so that's enough about the middles. Let's talk about the goods. Yeah. Uh, that tag team turmoil match, that was an awesome – I'm always a fan of when they uh, incorporate more than one tag team on Monday Night Raw. Because it's I nice say, to get – what's that? Can I call this middle? But I want you to continue. Okay. Um. Well, it's I always put uh, tag team turmoil usually in a good because I like when they can incorporate more than uh, – more than your typical amount of wrestlers in one single match and give them airtime and especially in a tag team turmoil where you get that two on two action where you can have that spotlight on specific wrestlers as opposed to like a having them all in a battle royal where your eyes are all over the place. But you and know it's not really spotlighting. You know what's bullshit is the fact that they're calling it a tag team turmoil match. Why? I'm pretty sure tag team turmoil match was four teams in four corners. And they all wrestle and get eliminated. I don't know. I guess I'm pretty sure at WrestleMania 20, not to bring that up again. I mean, it could be a tag team gauntlet. A showcase of the Immortals. I'm pretty sure our turmoil match was four, te- four teams, four corners, elimination. So all right. I-, I guess what? I would call this a gauntlet. All right. So quick rundown. You had the New Day defeating Gold Star to start it off. Which I have to say. Finisher. Yes. Yeah. And I like the fact that they're doing rock, paper, scissor to choose who's going to be wrestling in it the match. It wasn't rock, paper, scissor. Well, whatever they want to call Odds it. And even. Odds and even. Excuse it, me. I hated when the commentators were doing it and Lawler was like not getting the concept of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, what kind of rock is that? that, now, that yeah, now that comment he, makes sense. He was okay. just like, I'm pretty positive they threw out paper and someone threw out uh, scissors. And I'm like, okay, no, that, that was ones and twos. It was odds and evens. That's funny now. Okay. Um, so you have the New Day picking up the victory over Gold Star. And what are your thoughts on that? Because Gold Star are former tag team champions. What is that to say? That, that's a great push. Like, not really a push push, but that's a great uh, – I guess no, intro- I would say it was a good push. Raw introduction for the New Day. I don't which, think it's, I think it's a terrible introduction for the New Day because they should have started them in that match and they should have had them win the whole thing. I thought that as well, but I don't think it was a terrible reintroduction. I thought it was stupid that they were calling it a debut, especially because we've seen the three of them as a cohesive it, unit on Raw before. Yeah, but not as right, not cohes- as as the not New as day. a cohesive unit. No, we did. We saw when Xavier Woods, they all aired their grievances, but no, we were supposed to forget about that. But not as the New Day. But yeah. Yeah, but it was still that. Not the New Day. But I don't don't think that it – I do think they should have won the match. I don't think that it was a terrible showing for them because they had good matches. I disagree. I think that the – all right. So now the New Day won. Then Cesaro and Tyson Kidd came out, which I marked out for. I marked out that they were tagging up together. Yeah, which was, I guess, uh, hinting at... Well, not hinting, or... It was because of their SmackDown teaming up together in that Battle yeah. Royal, I believe. Uh, then you had Goldstar distracting the New Day, causing uh, Tyson Kidd to pick up a pinfall. Then you had the Usos getting involved, um, coming down after, defeating Cesaro Kid. Then following that, when they were thought that they had it all won, the Adam Rose and the Bunny came out to face off against the Usos, and the Bunny spit. Uh, Adam Rose tag did the blind tag. Wrote the Bunny was pissed off that he did the blind tag, spun him around, and Usos picked up the victory. So now let's talk about like our actual thoughts on all of this. Now that it's broken down a little bit, I think my only real complaint from that match is how weirdly positioned 
Adam Rose and the Bunny were in that match. Like, I feel like they're someone, a team that should have started out. I, I think that I'm fine with that because it's pro wrestling. You, ne- you, you never know. And I like the fact that we thought the match was over, but they still came out. I mean, maybe it would have been better if their spot was reversed with Cesaro Kid, where Cesaro Kid came out as the last tag team. Um, and I'm okay with the New Day not winning for the fact that the Usos are up there as well. Uh, I don't think, especially because the New Day, if they do win, it's going to be a battle over the number one, like, who's the actual tag team that gets it? Well, I think the Usos have kind of run their course, but the only reason why they won is because of what happened after the match with what you had said where Miz, and I guess Miz now too, giving Naomi their business card or whoever's yeah. business card to call for her exactly. to become a star. Exactly. So that's why I also thought the Usos made sense with winning, picking up the victory in this which led right into the next match in our goods with Damian Mizdow defeating Fernando. Or you have something to say? Anyone? Did somebody say something? Yeah, I did, but I forgot what I was going to say. Continue. Yeah, so he picked up that victory, and uh, Mizdow won with the figure four, and Miz was Woo! on commentary. And afterwards, that's when Jimmy Uso came down and slapped Miz and said to stay away from his wife. So, which looked awesome. Yeah. It did. Good. Miz should get his butt kicked. <laughs> I liked I liked how Miz Dow go how he went next to Miz after he got slapped as if he got slapped as well. Yeah, and then they were like arguing at each other a little. Like the Miz was trying to convince him, yeah, I just got <laughs> smacked and stand out. Uh, Miz Dow was just like, yeah, I just got smacked too. And, like you could kind of you didn't hear what they were yelling at each other about, but you kind of could picture what they were saying to each other, and it was just kind of funny. Yeah, and now for the what I thought was the best part of Raw. Mentioned earlier, uh, St. Mick and Noel Foley selling things for WWE Shop. That happened. It was St. Nick, not St. Mick. Yeah, well, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he said Mick. <laughs> no, it was Nick. Yeah, well, that okay. was my favorite part of Raw. Um, I actually didn't see that part because YouTube, for some reason, WWE hasn't posted that video of Foley on Raw. And I have a little gripe. I tweeted out, holy Foley. As soon as it happened, and then a few hours later, somebody else tweeted out Holy Foley. So who is this other person? Uh, well, I'm not going to like that. It sounds like I'm throwing her under the bus now. <laughs> well, but, obviously we know it's a woman. So who are you throwing? What woman are you throwing under the bus? I'm not throwing for? anyone under a bus, but no Foley. After oh, I tweeted out to her saying Holy Foley, tweeted Holy Foley. And another t- follower of ours tweeted Holy Foley to her. Wow, you see that? Well, after yeah, me tweeting Holy Foley. For someone that didn't want to throw Noel Foley under the bus, you just threw her completely under the no, bus. No, I'm not throwing her under a bus at all. Well, I hope she doesn't listen to this because she's going to be quite offended. I could probably you. guarantee you that she doesn't listen to this. Man, we thought that I didn't listen to the show and I surprised you. Yeah, you definitely don't listen to this show. What yeah. happened on episode 16 of Marking Out? It was so it was so much better because you were barely on it. Yeah. It was, it was back when you barely said anything. Right, whose phone's show. going off? That's not mine. That's your phone. It's not mine. Oh, yeah, it's mine. Okay, I'm playing crappy country music. Yeah. All right, just... so... <laughs> so that was dead air. Yep, so that was dead air. But our main right. event of the evening, Dolph awesome. Ziggler, John Cena, and Ryback teaming up to defeat Kane, Luke Harper, and Seth Rollins. This match, yeah. yeah, it was good, I think. But from getting, for my, from, for me at least, getting from point A, which was the terrible opening 
of Raw to point B, which was this match. I just thought it was such a long, boring road. Like, after, it just, I don't know. It just, I couldn't get behind the full, that opening just brought Raw down. But this match was good. It was good. I don't know. I thought the main event was awesome. I thought the the opening was good. I don't know. For me, Raw was just like getting stuck watching and waiting for paint to dry. I don't know. That's pretty boring. Is Dave still there? Yeah, no, I'm still here. Oh, he okay. had to go get more pretzels, ladies and gentlemen. Dave uh, had more pretzels. I had, go, I had to go grab my phone. Dave the rave that all the pretzels Oh, fuck. Jeez. <laughs> I need, forgot that I, now I had needs the audio cheese. all the way on. Now he needs cheese, ladies and gentlemen. He needs no, it's cheese a cheese. for his pretzels. It's a cheese. 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 Hey, did, did you, you relax your dumpster one time? What? Mm-hmm. Old school? Huh? Old school <laughs> reference? Oh, did you lock him in a dumpster? Yeah. I don't get it. Dave doesn't get it. He wasn't there for W2W, apparently. No, it was from old school, the movie. Oh, nobody sees Will Ferrell movies. Yeah, (laughs) and Tower Heist is still a good movie. Yeah, okay, bring it up every time you're on. (laughs) Tower Heist is a good movie. I'll put it up against any one of Will Ferrell's films. Yeah. And you'll lose every time. (laughs) In your opinion. But after the match, we saw all of them brawling, and Big Show ran down. And uh, Big Show and Kane were working together. Eric Rowan ran down with the steps and took uh, Kane and Rollins out. Ziggler hit the super kick on Big Show, followed by another the, super kick. Yeah, followed by the meat hook clothesline by Ryback, and then the attitude adjustment by John Cena. And then they all lifted Big Show up so Rowan could hit him with the steps. And, and it, it, it was awesome. And now we have a uh, stairs match for for TLC. I'm curious as to what a stairs match is. I mean, I can only assume it's that stairs are legal weapons, and there will be multiple sets of steps yeah. around yeah. the ring, just like a tables match, a kendo stick match. If that's a I'm, thing, I'm down with it. It's innovative. It's something we haven't seen before. I wouldn't say innovative, since that there's so many other kind of matches I'd, like that. I'd say innovative because there's never been a match of this sort where you had steel steps out of the ring like that. Um, well, as we are assuming that, that's how it's going to be. And we Something assume that, that also- we all, that we assume that's never happened before. We've, uh, we've never- only been watching wrestling since what? 1980. Well, you've only been watching since what? 1976? Don't talk about Chris like that. <laughs> I'm not talking about Chris. Listen, I Just may have the receding hairline of a 46-year-old man, but... Uh, but I'm not 30 yet, brother. Woo! I'm 40. One of the other things I thought was really cool with Raw that I didn't mention before was where J&J Security and Rollins put Cena through the table. I thought that was pretty cool. As a homage to the Shield? Yeah, where they were kind of... Yeah, where they were doing that Shield impression, and I thought it was awesome. Maybe we're going to see Roman Reigns come back soon. I mean, Rollins doing that Roman Reigns impression? Yeah. Uh. What do you, I don't uh, know. What are your What's your opinions of the host from the other week, Chris? Of uh, Angry Cat, Grumpy Cat, or Grumpy Cat, whatever. That was great. Yeah. Well, speaking of guest hosts, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next week, <laughs> Green is going to be the host of the Slammy Awards. Do we see him being a way better host for the Slammy Awards than Dennis Miller? Um, we've seen Seth Green on WWE programming before, which people seem to really enjoy when he's on. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I enjoy him. I yeah. think he's fine. I think Dennis Miller, like that, I, I feel bad for that Slammy Awards that he just completely bomb, bombed with. But I guess TNA has their own sort of Slammy Award coming out as well. I saw them pushing to vote for things. Tag Team of the Year, Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, I'm good you know, on that. 
even though they don't uh can't get through the rest of the year, they have to do best of. Yeah, tonight's a best of. I wonder if it's like from two thousand and two or something more sooner than that. I mean, it should. That'd be fantastic if they're doing best ofs and they air some of their two thousand and two stuff. Like they that's have, what they, they have, that's what they've been doing, dude. They they started that last week. Uh, really? Last week? Yeah. Last all their not uh, their Thanksgiving episode. That's what they were doing. They were airing like uh, AJ Styles versus what was it? AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe versus Chris Sabin, I believe, from like two thousand four. No, there's like so many like CM Punk oh, was part soon. of TNA that as CM Punk, so there's stuff in there that no, they have a lot gems. of TNA has a lot of really good matches. That they can potentially air. Yeah, they have but Sting versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's um, since we're talking about TNA, let's take a small break and then we'll talk about independent stuff. Well, like before we take a small break, maybe we should get to a musical interlude, David. Sounds good to me. So let's get to a musical interlude. Anyway, uh, this is going to be. If I'm on the show, you know there's a musical interlude. And if it's there's musical interlude, it's probably from my band. Uh, and my band being Carve Your Niche. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Carve Your Niche. And on Twitter, as Dave said earlier in the podcast, of, uh, at CYN Bands. Uh, we just actually shot a video for this song. And we will be playing this song at Mr. Beery's. Saturday, uh, December 13th, you can find all the information on our Facebook page. We're playing with all of our brothers uh, in Ascariot and Kid Carson and Sargasm and also a band called Graves who are phenomenal for the Washed Up Media two-year anniversary show. Come down. It's a free show. There's going to be raffles and there's going to be cheap T-shirts and where awesome. where is Mr. Beery's for those Mr. that don't know? Mr. Beery's is located at forty nineteen Hempstead Turnpike in Bethpage, New York, and the zip code is one one seven one four. Come down, say hi, drink some beers, washed up media all day, washed up media all day, washed up media all day. Anyway, this song is called Daryl, and when we get back, we will talk about some independent wrestling here on Marking Out.
And we are back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. That was my band and me as in Chris. And that was Carver Niche with the song Daryl. You can find that on our EP entitled Solidarity at carverniche.bandcamp.com. Um, yeah, go support independent music. Go support local music. As I said, we're playing a Washed Up Media second anniversary show at Mr. Beery's. Washed up media all day. Washed up media all day. Washed up media all day. Uh, anyway, By any let's. Chance, do, are, are you trying to promote washed up media? Washed up media. Yeah, it's our buddy Sean. It's his media company. He does a lot of interviews. He does a lot of videos and stuff like that. So go check them out on YouTube. Washed up media. Does anything? Do they have happen? a Facebook? Facebook also. Facebook.com/slash washed up media. Does anything happen in the mirror when you say that three times? Or no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no. let's talk about some independent wrestling news. Well, no, no, let's talk about NXT um, arrival. What is it? Takeover or Evolution? Revolution. Yeah. Revolution. I mean, right. it's, yeah, whatever they call it. I don't know. All right, so that's going to be taking place December 11th um, on WWE Network for $9.99. So let's start off with uh, Balor, Balor or Baylor? Itami versus, what is it? Balor. Yeah, yeah. Balor and Tommy versus the Ascension. Uh, obviously, the Ascension, I think they're a lost cause. If they don't pick up the victory. I don't think they're a lost cause. I think they're about to go to TV any day soon. So I think this is going to be a big win for Balor and Tommy. And get them, get, their, get the Ascension off TV, get them up into the mid card of the, the tag team division. And that's exactly why I think that they're not good for television if they, if they do lose in this. And you can't have them not. You can't have them win against these two guys that are monumental and have just debuted. Well, I mean, they're two different. They're two different companies, basically. No, they are two different companies, but I just don't see the same hype factor that the Ascension are. I think that's going to be a big flop. They should have been called up a long time ago. It's going to be a big flop. But Tommy Baylor picking up the victory easily. Yeah, we also have the uh, tag team championships on the line with the champions, Lucha Dragons, Kalisto and Sin Cara, defending their titles against the Vaudevillians, uh, Aiden English and... Vaudevillians. Gotch. Well, Vaudevillians, Vaudevillians, whatever. Yeah, why did you say Vaudevillians? I mean, that's what people used to be called the Vaudevillians. Yeah, did they, Brandon, or are you just making that up? I think you're just making that up. I see, um, I see it being a solid win for the Lucha Dragons. I feel like there's no sort of competition right now in the tag team division. Yeah. There's no reason for the for Aiden English and Gotch to win. Yeah, yeah. there isn't. You want to uh-huh. see that unless they get like a dirty heel win and the Lucha Dragons win it back the next week. But Speaking of people who shouldn't be winning, uh, the NXT Women's Championships on the line. Charlotte defending her title against Sasha Banks. Good. Let Charlotte lose it and let her go up to the uh, the main the main roster because I feel like the, the division deserves it. As in a bad thing or a good thing? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, you're you're so confused because you no, know just, my stance on Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know. What I think she's awesome. Why? I think she's great. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Why do you? What do you like about her? I think she's very athletic. She could do a cartwheel. Hoopty yeah. woo. I think she, I, I know. I think she's good. I think she's different from all the other divas that are on the uh, the main roster, and especially that she's got the lineage from Ric Flair. Whereas Natalia, and as we saw at NXT Takeover, they could put a good fucking match together. I think it was all natty. I really hey, have to. Re- regardless, that's three. Um, 
put them up on the main roster. Put them on the Divas division. Listen, AJ Lee and Nikki Bell is going to get stale. Who else are you going to put in that Divas division? Paige is pretty stale too, as much as I think Paige is a good thing for the Divas division because she's the anti-Diva. Yep, I said it. Um, I feel like she. I feel like you need you need some new blood in there. Put Charlotte. Charlotte's ready to go. She's good. I would love to hear you and Brandon argue that. <laughs> Dude, I'm holding back. Like, I'm why like hold so back? holding back. No, because I don't want to waste time on Charlotte speak, Flair. Speak, I'm speak. I'm not wasting time like, on Charlotte Flair. I, I, like, I'm so curious to hear you guys because you guys are so polar opposite with this right now. And I'm very neutral where I still – I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I do see some flaws, but I also do see some stuff to work on. While Brandon is completely anti-Charlotte, she shouldn't be winning. Why is she even in wrestling? It wouldn't be before because okay, of so, her dad. Okay, let's 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 look at the Divas division right now. AJ Lee, she's in a main storyline. Alicia Fox sucks. Brie Bella, yeah. Emma, she stole a bunch of stuff, so she's uh, you know, she's on the blacklist. Uh, Eden, she's an announcer. Cameron sucks. Uh, Eva Marie got boob implants and hurt something so she's on the shelf lana doesn't wrestle Layla, oh, you're leaving out naomi i i'm doing this in alphabetical order brother oh, oh. okay okay keep on going you just had the women pulled up <laughs> I it's did. my backdrop brother <laughs> Layla, she's the grizzled vet of the divas division so she's putting everybody over <laughs> all, I just, all i just saw was Layla with a huge grizzly adams beard Julian right, garcia is an announcer naomi she can compete but not really because she doesn't have the uh the vocal chops natalia is the backbone of the divas division um nikki bella your divas champion she's all right Paige, she her flame sparked out a couple of months ago renee I think young that's wwe's fault you see yeah Mae totally young? renee young oh it's like may young what is she on what list are you looking at <laughs> <laughs> Renee Young, spectacular under, by by the microphone, but she's not an in ring performer. Rosa Mendez, she should be there. in she should be in rehab somewhere in California. She should uh, be in Charlotte Flair spot right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Summer Ray, God, I don't want to look at that face anymore. Tamita Snuka, she blew out her ACL, so she's on the shelf. That's it. Who else do you have? I have- I completely disagree. Like on some facts. Like, Summer Rae, I think, is a good wrestler. And I think that she has proven that on NXT time after time when she has competed. Right off the uh, bat, given I, think the opportunity. Can, I can I say think that, that you disagree about the Bella Twins, though. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I disagree about the Bella Twins. I disagree about Naomi. I think Naomi, even with Mike Skills, I think Listen, that she does have potential I'd rather, for that. I'd rather than bring up JoJo than keep Cameron on the main roster. Her with her. Oh, yeah. I think that. But the thing about Cameron, I could argue, too is that as much as we do not like her, she's still doing the job as a big-time heel because we hate her. And the fact we, but that we hate her she, because she pinned somebody on her fucking stomach. <laughs> okay, okay, but we hate her because she's kind of on the same level as Vicky Guerrero when she first came no, in. No, she is no. not. I, Absolutely so, not. I think so. We hated Vicky Guerrero when we, she first came in because she had no right to be in that ring at all or anywhere close to there. I cannot. And neither does Cameron. Dude. No, Cameron pinned somebody on their back. <laughs> All right, I can't stomach. defend her too much with that. No, you shouldn't. Okay, let's continue so, on because this is, but this why, is, but this now is why, a ringside reaction episode. But now, Brent, but, like, I just don't understand how – but you do Do you see any flaws with Charlotte? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Which means David is like, David, come on, just say you fucking hate Charlotte Flair. No, man, I don't. It. I don't like saying that word, hate. Because she has strongly dislike Charlotte Flair she right now. Improve. Damn you. She can improve. I mean, there's times where I'm like. Eva I mean, Marie can improve. Charlotte Flair has not improved. All right. The She's one thing not. that does not need improvement, though, is that women's division in NXT because they – Sasha Banks, as we – I mean, I think. I'm pretty positive Chris does and Brandon. But Charlotte's going to lose the title. Sasha Banks, perfect person to lose it to. Been around for a while. Absolutely. Should have had the call already. But unlike the Ascension, she still has a career. She's still striving and living big in NXT – and they have so much potential down there, especially with Rebecca Knox. Uh, and you have all those other um, – Becky Lynch. And you have all these other female wrestlers down there. Carmella. Carmella. Yeah. No, Carmella is actually looking pretty good. Bailey and all these other wrestlers. Yeah, and, and it's just a, it's a shame that they're fronted by their champion, Charlotte Flair. There right, you let's, go. Let's continue. Let's listen. As much as I want this to be a three-hour episode, South Park starts in 10 minutes. Let's go. Come on. Well, <laughs> all right. So you introduced our- this main event. We have our main event. Uh, if Sami Zayn loses, he will quit WWE NXT. So it's Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn for the NXT Championship. I see – this is where I see Kevin Owens making his debut to no, take gonna- out Sami Zayn, go into a feud with Adrian Neville. Sami Zayn goes off in the sunset. Boom. Main roster. I, is he the bunny? I, I don't know. I could agree with you. I could disagree with you. Um, I do see Zane losing this match to Neville. Neville winning, Zane being uh, off NXT, getting the call up. For Kevin Steen, I don't know. I could definitely see him making an impact during this match and them trying to cover, um, to carry that feud with him and uh, Sami Zayn. Um, him and Sami Zayn. And I think the bigger impact is going to be when that does continue to the main roster, the main stage, because that will carry over. That could be very good. So I go back and forth. I think what that, if that Kevin would be great. Owens, What if Kevin costs him the match and then they just both of them go to the main roster? I think that, that would, you know what would be cool? That's not, if the Kevin, WWE would never do that. No, no, but to play, piggyback off of that fantasy booking-wise, Kevin Owens does cost Sami Zayn the match. Sami Zayn makes his debut, well, not his debut, but makes his impact on Raw one night. And then, like, like very soon. And Kevin Owens is still, he's only in WWE to take care and beat the crap out of Sami Zayn. So not only does he cost him this match in NXT, but he follows him up to the main roster on that time where Sami Zayn makes that impact. So does Kevin Owens and beats the shit out of him because he hates him so much that he is going to travel wherever the hell he has to be, wherever the hell Sami Zayn's going to be, just to beat the shit out of him. Which is what, yeah, yes. Ratings spike, wrestling world rejoices. and, Vince and, McMahon is on top again. We're on Vince McMahon. I knew exactly that was going to happen. I think that this is going to be huge, and especially because I think that they are shooting because Kevin Steen is supposed to, Kevin Owens is supposed to debut on this episode, and I think that we will not see the package. I don't think we should see the package pile driver on NXT. I do think he will be using it because it's probably it's one of the safest. I'm not a pro wrestler. It's probably the safest move that you can take. It's one of the. It is the safest pile driver you could take. Kevin Owens is protecting you the entire time. I mean, it's not we already, a typical we pile. Mentioned, we mentioned Hold on. It's not a typical pile driver. Your head's not hitting the mat. And I can see that being a huge impact when he does debut on uh, the main roster. Hit that move off of uh, Sami Zayn. And bam, you have a star in Kevin Owens. And you have a star in Sami Zayn. And you have our attention to watch your product. 
Yeah, so that's the rundown as of now for NXT R Evolution or Revolution, whatever you want to call it. All right, can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. All right, but anyway, I don't think Kevin Owens is going to debut costing Sami Zayn the match. I feel like they've built up Sami Zayn since NXT did their first TakeOver event. They built up Sami Zayn as this rat race struggle to get the NXT title. I think this is his time. And I feel like right after the match, lights go out. Kevin Owens is sitting in the middle of the ring, staring down. The NXT universe is going to shit their pants. That would be pretty cool too. That that's would be what I think. That's what I think is going to happen. Or I, what I really, what what I really think is going to do? They're going to do a squash match against C.J. Parker, like they did with Baron Corbin, oh, who I, I think is not. doing. Awesome. Oh, Baron Corbin! Holy shit, Mark Hardon. Dad, yeah. finish your dough. Um, big time. Um, I definitely could see your uh, your view as well and i think that would be awesome no matter which way you look at it, i think we can all agree that whenever kevin owens does uh come out on uh, the next nxt it's going to be a huge impact and fans all over the world are going to lose their shit Totes. Totes. um let's take a quick breather on marking out how about that and then we'll get into all this independent news mtl broski here number one mark and part-time weatherman for marking out and I'd just like to take the time right now to congratulate my friends from the L.I. on their 200th episode. Keep up the good work, boys. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We marking out, y'all. This is Jason from Ring Rope Rebellion. Congratulations on 200 episodes of Marking Out. It's Cone. Hey guys, it's Cone Cabana here on the Art of Professional Wrestling podcast. My best friend is Punker. I just called in to uh, congratulate the marking out guys on 200 episodes. But I still broke the internet. I come here live from the studio. Apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Everybody knows my name. Congrats, guys. I'm Cone Hey guys, it's Nick Matocha, just stopping by to say congrats on 200 episodes. If you want to see what I'm up to, follow me on Instagram at SplitGorilla, one word, and Facebook.com slash NicoBlends, that's N-I-C-O Blends. And keep on living your life by your rules. Ryback rules. Hey guys, this is Mike, former guest host of Marking Out, and I wrote a little poem for you guys. Raw is red, and SmackDown is blue. Marking Out lasted 200 episodes. I wonder who you guys blew. Now let's have some cake. Welcome back to Marking Out, episode 200. Right now we are joined by a special guest, former guest host, uh, Mr. Jason Linick. What's going on? Thanks for having me, guys. Congratulations on 200, by the way. I'm psyched to be here. We're psyched Thank to you have very you. much. Thank you. Um, and for those that do not know, you can go follow Jason on Twitter at jlinick. So, yeah. So how is everything going with you? Everything's going great, guys. Uh, you know, usually you guys bring me on, like like Brandon said, either to guest host or when we've had an NYWC event. So, yes, yes. And this past week we had an NYWC event to be talking about. Draw the line took place on the uh, 29th of November. How how overall? How was it? I think it was a great show. You know, I'm I'm the ring announcer, but I'm always a fan. It was a great show, I think. Place was packed. It was actually standing room only. It was almost that's, like a Psycho Circus preview, in my opinion. That's, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm happy to see uh, that sort of a following with NYWC, especially for, uh, 
for events when it's it's difficult to sit through, especially when it's like weather-wise, environment-wise, how exactly. cold it must be to be there. It was kind of a rainy, cold night. The weather wasn't the best, and you know it's only going to get worse from here. I mean, I've been yeah. to psycho circuses where it's been snowing. So, well, it's good to see uh, the loyalty of the NYWC fans coming out. Definitely, a lot of a lot of fans that I haven't seen in a while came out. The new NYWC sign guy showed up for the first time in a while, so I was proud of him. Wow, that's awesome! Did he have any signs though? He needs some new ones. He's using a lot right. of these. I mean, he's got a couple, but he told me he's having some hard time coming up with new ones. And, All know, right. Well, we'll give we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure that B Montan B can come up with uh, some clever things. You two, I, you two could be like Vince McMahon and ECW. You could feed him stuff, and yeah, I actually did give him some ideas because I'm about, always I'm always thinking. What about like marking out hates Vitko's clan or whatever? Yeah, the, what are they? No, speak for yourself. All right. Dave the Rave hates Vitko. You're a pro Vitko guy. I'm not gonna. Say yes really or say no. After but, everything that these guys have done with Kip, getting Kip out of the NYWC and all, all the their invasions, you're actually going to side with them? I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. Really? I don't play favorites. I really? Just, I just play cards. You know, I heard Joey Conway doesn't like you too much. Well, what do you, what could you do? I don't know. I don't know. Everybody, but let's talk everybody hates me. It's fine. Nah, you can't deny that one. <laughs> All right, let's get on to some NYWC wrestling talk. How did the what was the first match? The Suicide Six Way? Indeed, it was a lot of new faces here. People I wasn't familiar with, and probably some of the crowd wasn't either. Uh, in this match, we had Monster Mac, Kono, who we know from the A-listers, J. Rowe, who we're familiar with as well. But then also a couple new faces here: Brian Bowers, T.J. Marconi, and the certified sexual stud muffin, Nutrius X. That's that's awesome that they're bringing in that they're bringing in and uh, new fresher faces are coming to NYWC. Yeah, I'm not sure not sure what promotion they were from. I know NYWC cross promotes with a couple of different people. But yeah, I know, I know some of them are from JCW and uh, other like uh, Eastern promotions. I've seen all of their names around and promoted them on uh, Twitter. So it's definitely nice to see fresh faces. It was, and uh, TJ Marconi was wearing tights that resembled Kevin Nash. So he was on the receiving end of some Kevin Nash and Diesel chants. Wait, his tights looked like they were Kevin Nash's pants, or there was an image on the trunks that looked no, like... his pants were... He had long black pants with the tassels on the okay. sides of the legs. Okay. So it was very reminiscent of like Kevin Nash. <laughs> that's but, funny. But I am happy to report he did not tear his quad in this match. Well, that's great to hear. How was uh, the match in whole? The match... Uh, a hole was good. Monster Mac picked up the victory after nearly decapitating Nutrius X. Jeez. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, with that vicious lariat, huh? Definitely. All right. Very cool. Very cool. You also had Aria uh, Cadenza with Crusher Dugan defeating Chrissy Rivera. Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised by this. Sorry to mean to cut you off. No, not at all. Um, yeah, the Scarlet uh, – she's being called the Scarlet Killer for a reason. I mean, yeah. Chris Rivera is an ex-champion. Exactly. Chris Rivera, former NWC Starlet champion, and as she's known around the locker room, the queen of the combat zone. So I was very surprised, you know, obviously Arya having the size advantage here. But I don't know. I, I definitely wasn't expecting this one to go that way. I don't think any – I mean, it could go either way. Yeah, Arya Cadenza is a, is a rookie in the, at NYWC. And Chris Rivera is uh, a veteran. I mean, she's been around the block for many times. 
And as you mentioned, she's highly well known in CZW. And it's just really surprising. And being the former champion, uh, uh, Starlet champion, it's definitely surprising to that. But then you also see Cadenza and you see the amount of potential that she does have and the path of destruction that she has left behind her. Um, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. She finished off. Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say it is difficult to see her lose or to, to believe that she will lose. Yeah, I mean, the, you has can, lost. Yeah, once she, I could definitely see her as Starlet Champion at some point next year. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, especially with that Cadenza bomb that she nailed Chris Rivera with, uh, which for those that don't know, the Cadenza bomb is, uh, is a variation, her variation of the Vader bomb, but still just as much of an impactful move. Yeah. Um, Up next, we saw a six-man tag action. Between the A-listers and... What was that? What? A tag action? Did I say it like that? Yeah, you did. A well, six-man tag action? Was okay. Like, what is it? Like 197 <laughs> episodes later for me? And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the A-listers uh, defeated Grim Reefer, Cooley K, and Eddie Guapo. Yeah, Eddie Guapo making his uh, return at House of Madness after being out for three years. Uh, so you have the veteranship of Eddie Guapo on the team. But it didn't help out at all with the A-listers. No, not at all. Uh, Eddie Guapo, Cooley King, Grim Reefer, you know, definitely thought they had this one in their hand. But Alvin Alvarez, J-Red, Ultima Waya snuck a quick one in there. And, I mean, there may have been a handful of tights. I don't know. but You, you know, uh, Alvin Al- Absolute Alvin, the, yeah, he may be pr- – he's still fairly new. Like, he hasn't been around for too long. But he's getting his name out there, wrestling for NYWC, Right Coast Pro, and really making a, a name for himself. And this is no different. I mean, he's him showing himself as a leader of the A-listers and really uh, showing his dominance. Exactly. He's, he's definitely set this group up towards success. And yeah, for sure. Uh, he, def- he, allowed, he helped J-Red pick up the victory over Grim Reefer. And just showing... Um, Maybe his tag teaming with King Mega in the past has that veteranship and leadership of King Mega has really uh, taught uh, Absolute Alvin some uh, tricks of the trade. Uh, quickly speaking about King Mega, he was noticeably absent from the show after his actions towards Francis at the last NYWC show. Yeah, I mean, we're still upset over Francis not being uh, with NYWC uh, any longer. And, yeah, from what I hear, he's doing well, though. He's doing well. Yep. Um, DJ Hyde uh, defeated Reckless and Wasted in a handicap match. Braden Knight and JT Kaysen. Uh, Reckless and Wasted, they've been having some uh, difficulties with each other. They really have. Uh, on this night, the uh, NYWC was happy to have a special birthday in the audience. So Reckless and Wasted were busy celebrating their birthday with one of our lucky fans, and at one point, Braden was looking for that tag, and JT got off the apron looking for some cold beer, missing the tag, and then, unfortunately, Braden Knight ran into the Lariat, which DJ Hyde, of course, is known for. Jeez. JT man. wasn't there for the tag, and it was all she wrote. Uh, hopefully that brutal Larry doesn't uh, set Knight uh, back for a little bit. I mean, you, when you're on the receiving hand of that DJ Hyde Lariat, you never know what damage that could do. I mean, 
that could put you out at one show to six shows. You never a full year. You never know. But hopefully he's okay with that. Hopefully JT Kaysen, I mean, what the hell is he thinking? Trying to celebrate during the actual match? I don't know. I he, mean, he's been having that problem a lot the past couple of times that they've been together. He but then, prematurely celebrating. But then didn't Braden Knight cost JT Kaysen the match uh, with DJ Hyde last time or a few times? I believe so. So maybe he was just trying to get some uh, some revenge. I guess – I don't know – why you would do that? To, they've been together for so long, but maybe he's t- sort of looking for that sort of a revenge. Actually, no. I think what happened was the last time Braden faced DJ Hyde one on one, and JT cost Braden the match that time too. This time they were together, and JT still, you know, was the reason they lost the match. All right. Well, either way you look at it, hopefully Braden Knight didn't suffer too much injury from that, and hopefully they reckless and wasted could put their pull their shit together. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We would all love to see that. Maybe, Brent, uh, what? I was going to say, Brenda, you've been very quiet during all of this. Yeah, I'm just thinking of what to say. All right, well, think about this next match. How about it? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, why don't you walk us through uh, Polyon and Stockade with Crusher Dugan and Arya Cadenza taking on Anthony Lacera and Habali Jr. We know for, for months, or yeah, months now, right? There's been a deep, dark secret that crusher dugan has had over stockade yes and in this match stockade and apollyon ended up losing after the match stockade shook hands with anthony the stallion lacera and crusher dugan none too happy saying what are you doing why are you respecting the other team i've told you you've disobeyed me time and time again the next time you disobey me i'm gonna reveal your secret and it's actually pretty funny one of the fans sitting next to me when dugan was talking about his secret one of the mm. fans shouted is his secret that he watches tna Oh, jeez. Well, that that's definitely a secret of a lot of people. Um, yeah, and and as you may have mentioned, but um, Lacera and Habali Jr. picked up the victory. They did. Thanks, thanks to uh, Stockade uh, knocking Napoleon off the um, off the apron. Yep. So some uh, some confusion there it seems. But Stockade really should watch his uh, watch his step, or else he's going to be stepping on the wrong foot. But we'll talk a little bit more about that foot that he's stepping on a bit later on. <laughs> uh, next up, you had the FSW Heavyweight Champion Joe Attell defeating Talon and Mike Verna. Mike Verna, the Man of Steel, uh, inserting himself in this match. What's yes. the deal with that? It was just supposed so- to be a singles match. Exactly. Both men were in the ring ready to go. Mike Verna's music hit, and he came out with the other microphone and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know why Talon is getting a shot at my title. This should be my match, so I'm putting myself into it. And the referee looked at me. He nodded his head and gave the okay, and there we had it, a three-way dance. I mean, Joey, Joey Tell able to overcome the odds. Hey, I mean, but you can't argue with Verna. I mean, he does technically, he should be that number one contender being the former champion. I agree. Um, but hopefully he'll get a fair shot later on. But if there's any indication, if this is any indica- indication, he may have to he may have to be hitting that gym a bit more to take out uh, Joe Attell and regain that championship. Yeah, I, I believe he ended up getting kind of knocked out of the equation early, and it was basically a one-on-one match. I didn't see what happened, but I know Attell ended up pinning Talon for the victory. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, you also had champion another championship match that took place, the NYWC Starlet Championship on the line, as Rick Cataldo, the co-champion with Marty Bell, defended the championship against Sammy Pickles. Um, and Sammy Pickles picked up the victory by DQ. Uh, this match was back back and forth match, and you know Cataldo has tricks up uh, up the sleeve. And what happened, explain this fallout, because all I know is Corey Price got knocked out, and we don't appreciate that. No, of course. Just like you guys, I'm a big fan of Corey Price. So what happened was, it looks like Sammy Pickles had the NYWC started Title I when Marty Bell, who was at ringside, dragged referee Corey Price out of the ring. They started arguing, and Marty, well, Marty Bell rather laid into Corey and delivered a slap heard round the world to Corey Price, knocking him down. Are they, you serious? I kid you not. Marty Sammy Bell, Pick- what are Sammy, you doing? Sammy Pickles looking around, wondering what had happened. At that point, NYWC management came out to the ring. Shane joined me at ringside. We got Corey back up to his feet, figured out what had happened, and the ruling was made that Sammy Pickles wins via disqualification. However, due to striking a referee, Marty Bell has been suspended for 60 days, which wow. then disqualifies her from being co-starlet champion. Therefore... Rick Cataldo is your only Starla champion. And retains the championship due to it being a DQ. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that Cataldo may not even need Bell right now. I mean, just been on fire. Well, I mean, obviously there should be some sort of rematch there where Sammy Pickles gets a fair shot. I think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if in 60 days when Marty Bell, when that suspension is up, but she's going to go right after that championship regardless of, that's one, of maybe, who's, maybe, maybe, one. question mark, <laughs> asterisk. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're not recording this out of well, order. You're not going to tell people the movie magic. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do not know, but yeah, I lost my train of thought, but whatevs. You were saying that she will most definitely come back and go right for the Starlet Championship. Yeah, and if that championship is still around Cataldo's waist, you could bet that she's going to go right towards that. Absolutely. We also saw a grudge match between Anthony Nice and Joe Gacy that night. Anthony Nice, of course, pick not of course, I don't I hate when I say that when I'm covering wrestling. Anthony Nice picks up the victory here against Joe Gacy. What a match, gentlemen. I I mean, this had to be match of the night. Wow, that's and that that's saying a lot, especially because you've been uh seeing a lot of you see a lot of matches, especially as ring announcer. So you've been around the ring for a good amount. So for you to say a match is the match of the night, that's that's saying a lot. Uh, yeah. Tony Nese picked it, picked up the victory with that 450 splash. And what else can you say? I mean, I mean, he went for it a couple times during the match, and Gacy able to counter these gentlemen very familiar with each other through their recent tag bouts. You know, Papadon and Nice taking on Gulak and Gacy. They're no stranger to each other, whether it's NYWC or if they've competed somewhere else. And like I said, Gacy just seemed to be one step ahead of Nice for most of this match. And then Nice mm-hmm. eventually just landing the moves he needed to, hitting that 450 splash, and that was it. All right. I would love to see Nice. In, I mean, just because Joe Gacy is uh, on the roster of CZW, it would be pretty interesting to see Tony Nice, Anthony Nice. I keep on calling him Tony Nice. Anthony Nice in CZW. I don't know if he's ever wrestled there or if he, I don't think he's wrestled there recently. But I think he would be a cool fit for CZW. 
So do I. I I'm not familiar with you. Not familiar, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, you also had the NYWC Tag Team Championships on the line as Milk Chocolate, Brandon Watts, and Randy Summers defended their championship against Athletic Inc., uh, Athletic Inc. Jesse Vane, and Matthew Justice. Didn't didn't John Silver and Tony Nese just have a match there? In CZW? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Actually, You're right. But that was at the Sportatorium. Yeah, it's still CZW. No, it is. But I mean, that's true. But I mean, I want to see Tony Nese as like a part of their um, uh, reoccurring roster, I guess. I mean, like I want to see him have more matches over there, not just one on Long Island. I want to see him actually in New Jersey uh, go into battle. Although I don't think I could see him doing like any of those panes of glass oh, or no. cage of death or anything like that. No, I, I mean like the technical matches, like him versus Gulak, him versus like Sozio, hey. um, and every, but not the panes of glass, not like the the stuff that Devin Moore and Tremont get into. Yeah, none of that, none of that. Um, but yeah, Milk Chocolate picked up the victory. How uh, how this come about? Very back and forth match, and in my opinion, the turning point here. Matthew Justice dove to the outside at one point. And I don't know if his foot caught the rope or what happened, but it looked like he slammed his head either against the railing or on the floor. And it just seemed to kind of knock the wind out of their sails at that point. Milk no. Chocolate able to overcome, despite being the rookies in this match, able to overcome. And they were able to retain successfully. After the match, they all shook hands, sign of respect at the end. I was, able, right. to, I was able to speak with Matthew Justice in the locker room post-match. Let me know everything was okay, but it was definitely kind of a scary moment. All right, well, it's good to hear that he is good after taking that bump. Uh, thank you for that update. Of course. Um, you also had the NYWC Fusion Championship on the line as Rex Lawless defended successfully his championship against Black G's. Another um, really good match. I, for the first time in a while, it looked like Rex Lawless was actually going to lose the NYWC Fusion title. As we know, he's been on a tear ever since coming back at Psycho Circus last year. And ever since he got that title, he's been untouchable. And Black G's, you know, being the veteran that he is, I mean, Rex Lawless is no slouch either. But I really thought that there was a couple really close falls here that I thought Black G's could have walked out Fusion Champion. I mean, I'm not surprised. Black G's has been making a big name for himself. Well, he already has a name uh, for himself, but especially with CZW recently, he's going to be in that cage of death for the CZW Heavyweight Championship coming up uh, on the 13th. So I know that he's been making a big, big battle, a big fight for that championship. So it would be, I I consider this a pretty big match for Lawless to pick up a victory in. Yeah, absolutely. And in our main event of the evening, the NYWC championship was defended in a four-way steel cage match. The champion flawless Blake Morris successfully defeated the Big O, Mike Mondo, and Mikey Whipwreck. How this match had to yeah. have been insane. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, all of them former champions, uh, respectfully. So Blake Morris did have uh, his hands, um, I don't know. I don't know how to full. say it. Full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His hands full. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> it, it was crazy. Uh, the match actually started while intermission was still going on. NYWC officials and ring crew were still trying to set up the cage when all of a sudden through the curtain, Mikey Whipwreck, and I believe... Blake Morris come out through the curtain and Whipwreck is beating the holy hell out of Blake Morris all throughout the NYC Sportatorium, around the ring, through the crowd. They went out the back door, came in the front door. Mikey actually powerbombed Blake Morris through one of the merch tables. While all this is going on, 
the big O and Mondo come out through the curtain next. They're fighting all over the place. Mondo gets into the cage to escape Big O. Meanwhile, they're still trying to set up the cage. Finally, all four men get into the cage. The cage is done being set up, and they tell me to ring the bell and start the damn thing. I don't even get to do my intros. So the match is going on. I, I think it's safe to say, th- I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I'm, I'm sure it's safe to say that none of these guys need introductions. No, not really. At this point, if anybody needed an introduction, then they were in the wrong place. And I'm sure Amen. it was a lot, a lot safer for you to not even do the introductions. Yeah, I was not about to get in the cage while all that was going on. No. But, so yeah, all this is going on. At one point, there was a giant spot where the big O, two guys were up. It was kind of like, an, you know, when WWE does those big spots where it's like four guys and one guy like power bombs them and everybody goes down. Oh, was, the tower, it, tower of Doom spot? Yeah, it was the, like a big Tower muffle. of Doom spot. Big O landed a, a huge power bomb. Big O was looking tall. Everybody was laid out. It looked like this match was his. He signaled for the door to be open. Big O about to waltz out the door when CCW's DJ Hyde comes out and slams the door into Big O's face, knocking Big O away. And CCW's DJ Hyde, I don't know why I keep saying that, DJ Hyde reaches into the cage, grabs Blake Morris, and drags him out the door. Blake Morris retains the title. Wow. So I guess alliances have been drawn. I mean, yeah, we knew Blake. for a while that Blake Morris and DJ Hyde were in cahoots, but now there's no question about it. Not at all. Uh, following the match, though, so uh, after the match, Whipwreck was still there, right? Exactly. Mondo and Big O bail out of the cage. Whipwreck is still laid out in the ring. He was actually bleeding. He's still laid out. Upon the entire gang, Vitko's gang comes out. Vitko, Jamie Van Lemer, Casanova Valentine, and Joey Conway, who didn't send in a voice clip because he was busy doing this, I guess comes out and jumps into the ring and all five guys are beating down Mikey Whipwreck and it's looking bad when all of a sudden the Order of the Black, Apollyon, and Stockade hit the ring. Thank goodness. I mean, someone's got to stand up to these guys and who better than them, right? I mean, Apollyon ended up joining with Team Vico to beat the hell out of Whipwreck. Stockade was the only one. He ended up coming with a chair and swinging for the fences, cleared the ring out of everybody. Here comes Crusher Dugan with the microphone screaming, whoa, whoa, what do you think you're doing? I told you when you disobeyed me, I was going to reveal your secret, and now you've done it. So at this point, everybody is kind of separated off to the side, and it's just Stockade and Mikey. You know, Stockade's trying to help Mikey Oh, up. man, that's, that's too unfortunate because I was really hoping we would get to see uh, uh, Vitgo's people stand up to the uh, Order of the Black. I mean, I expected Order of the Black to be pretty uh, – pretty much helping out Mikey with their past, but I guess not. So what, what went down? So as Stockade is helping Mikey up, Crusher reveals the secret, and it's that Stockade does not like Mikey Whipwreck. And with that bomb being dropped, Stockade levels Mikey Whipwreck with a power bomb. The assault continues. It is now seven on one, and Mikey is just decimated. Another power bomb by Stockade. Just total domination by Planet Vitico and Order of the Black. And wow. Mikey Whipwreck is left laying in the middle of the ring, and it was bad. So is it possible? I guess now, I guess just Crusher Dugan or Apollyon or Stockade were the people letting uh, Vitko and his goons, Conway, Lemur, and Valentine, uh, into the NYWC Sportatorium? It could have been because after the match, Crusher Dugan shook hands with Brian Vitko, and it was quite a sight to see, gentlemen. So here's wow. the bigger question. What, what now for the Order of the Black? Is I mean, it bigger I, and badder? Who says if, that it's the Order of the Black? That's what I was saying. just going to say. I don't know if they really are technically Order of the Black. I mean, kind of, maybe, but now they're aligned with Planet Vidco or T- Planet Entertainment, whatever his group is called. 
It's, who's going like, to stop these like guys? Planet Entertainment of the Black or something like the corporate ministry. Two big or, forces or, joining together. Order exactly. of the planet. Planet of the order. Planet of the apes. I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Planet what's of the happen. black. I don't know. The only way we're going to find out is NYWC's next show, Tour de Circus, Saturday, December twenty seventh. Is the Saturday after Christmas, and it is the same day as WWE's house show at the Coliseum. So, so pick and choose wisely. I suggest every listener who gets the chance be t- to see either d- that WWE house show or get to see the NYWC Psycho Circus, you better be getting your tickets for Psycho Circus because this main event, I'm I'm so interested and invested in seeing how this pans out. Exactly. I mean, this is not Psycho Circus, but Tour de Circus is like the first step towards it because we've got Tour de Circus and then they're showing January and then the granddaddy of them all in February is the Psycho Circus. Yeah, that, that's what I meant to say, Tour de Circus. But so, uh, we're getting overall, it, I if, mean, you're, you, if you're not getting into NYWC now, then I don't know what you're thinking because now's the chance to get in because their quote-unquote season is just about to start. Yeah, you definitely want to pick Tour de Circus um, over, NY, uh, over the WWE house show. It's yeah. a lot more uh, intimate, and you're going to enjoy yourself a lot more. Go get your tickets. Go check them out, nywcwrestling.com. Go follow them on Twitter, nywcwrestling, and Plus, go check them out in Deer Park, New York. Plus, I can assure you, you won't spend as much money on tickets. That is absolutely a fact. I uh, I actually bought tickets to the WWE House Show, and those bleed seats were $35. Yeah, screw that, dude. For, sell your tickets dude, and go you to gotta, the circus. You gotta go to the box office and buy tickets. I was afraid they weren't gonna have. I was afraid they weren't gonna have nosebleeds left, and I didn't know the date of the NYBC show yet. So yeah. I went ahead and bought my tickets, but yeah, obviously so was, now I'm not going to go. But I, I was about to clarify that now that you know that the Tour de Circus is on the same show, you are uh, the same day as the WWE house show. You are picking correctly and going choosing NYWC over WWE, though. Then again, I am the ring announcer, so it would be pretty dick if I didn't show up. <laughs> that is a fact. That is I, a fact. Uh, and, and you did you didn't know the once again you did not know that they were on the same day. So exactly, I'd like to clarify that and tell everybody that I didn't do that on purpose. I did not yeah. know the date. I saw it was the Saturday after Christmas. And I was like, oh, let me you know, get a couple of tickets, get some friends together. We'll go check out some WWE. And I, just, then, I also I want to clarify that it's also the Saturday after Cosby Day. I feel like that needs to be said if, if, if you're mentioning Christmas. How well, dare you? So what's how, Cosby Day? Yeah, how dare you mention that rapist thing? No, it's not. It's not it's wow, Brandon is really, wow. We're, no, we it, are learning... It's not, it's, not, no, it's not about Bill Cosby. It's about just celebrating the, the, the delicious pudding that comes with it. That he, comes with Bill Cosby? No, that comes with Cosby Day. It's 15 you know days you know, of pudding on December 25th. It goes right into the new year. You know what else um, comes with Bill Cosby? He's okay. going to want you to taste his Jello pudding pop. That is, uh, that is an allegation, and we are unsure about that. Yeah, he'll have to get but, him to play strip pool or something. Now, now I'm pretty really? sure that, really? I'm pretty sure that Brandon is, is pro-Fergus in Missouri. I have no idea what's going on. Okay. Jeez. Wow. 200th episode. Really <laughs> swerving. Swerving. Oh, man. All over the place. I don't, I don't know where we're going to go next. Man, I don't know if I want to find out. <laughs> Brandon, what's that spot on your back? Have you had that checked out? <laughs> what no. is that? I'm not keen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
Thank you very much, Jason. And as always, we appreciate your support for uh, not only being a listener, but for taking time out of your day to come on our uh, our show and speak about NYWC, something that we all share a love with. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me, guys. I always love coming on here. I love listening. I look forward to it every week. And like I said already, congratulations on 200 episodes. And maybe we'll be sitting here again for three. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, I guess now we're going to yeah. take a quick break. Yeah, let's hear some from let's hear from some more fans, shall we? Congratulations to Mark and out, especially Brandon for 200 episodes. That's pretty good. Um, I'm a rapper. I also sing. I record all my own music and beats and whatnot. You can check me out on Twitter at Jim Linus or Facebook.com slash Linus Revolution. L-I-N-U-S. Revolution is the link I'm talking about. Anyway, congrats, guys. Here's my plug. Here's a little snippet. No one is telling me I'm barking up the wrong tree. I bark at almost everything that I see. Take that for whatever you will. As long as you're talking about me, you're talking about the real deal. Why not? You want me to paint my face like a gimmick like Tech 9 did? What? Follow me all around the planet. I run the gamut, no psychology. They can never manage. We do damage with no apology. Pick them up the planet. Got little manic because I gotta be frantic. I'm a jammer because I'm an oddity. Busting up versus plagiarizing when no rehearsing. But you notice it wasn't mine until you forgot the words. And I know it's never gonna be the same. Sitting on the instrumental for like a year in the brain. Hope you notice all the rain. I'm really ashamed. Listening to the weekend on a Tuesday. Have you seen Lucy? Had it like a sequel to Limitless. I really we want you to play the crow. Are you hearing this? No, this is not a joke, but why it's so serious? Looking up videos of Eddie Murphy on Delirious. Here's a list of the things that are popular. Ho, ho, ho! This is Santa Claus. I want to congratulate Marking Out on 200 episodes. And they've been very good this year. Also, Ryback stole my line. Feed me more cookies. Ho, ho, ho! Hey, guys, across the pond at Marking Out. Congratulations on getting to your 200th episode on your podcast. We are really impressed. Great work there, guys. This is Tony and Ross from EWWE, the EWWE Network, if you like, from over the water. Uh, Ross, what do you make of Marking Out's achievement? Fantastic achievement. One we would like to emulate one day here at EWWE. If any of the listeners or followers of Marking Out would like to follow us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at E underscore WWE net. And on there is also the link to our weekly podcast on iTunes. And that is uh, that is for us. So we are absolutely delighted to be part of this. Uh, congratulations again, guys. Thanks for letting us get a cheap plug in as well. All the best, and here's to the next 200. NYWC presents FSW Fighting Spirit Wrestling Immortals Holiday 4, taking place on December 12th at the Ludus Wrestling School in Brooklyn, New York. Is it Ludus or Lotus? Ludus. Ludus. Uh, you do not want to miss this event. It looks to be very, very cool. Uh, in their main event, you have the championship on the line. As your champion, as we spoke about earlier in the show... Uh, with NYWC, you have your champion, Joe Attell, defending it against Talon in a last-man-standing match. And then in a number, one's contend- a number one contendership match for that title, you have the Man of Steel, Mike Verna, taking on Hellfire, Ian Aldwin, and so much more to be checking out. You're going to be having the House of Pains, uh, the, the House of Pain, defending their championship, the Tag Team Championships. In a fatal four-way ta- uh, TLC match against the opposition Omega Black and Certified Sexy. Um, in addition to that, you got the FSW Primero Championship 
defended in a triple threat match. You're, uh, you have Flawless Blake Morris taking on the Manhattan Latin, Benny Martinez versus Magma. Do not miss this match. One match I do want to see on this, which I think is pretty awesome, for the first time ever, it's going to be Tony Nese versus David Finley. Fit Finley. Uh, what? Yeah, how crazy is that? Fit Finley's son is going to be wrestling oh, Tony Nese. Oh, his son? Is this, I didn't even know his son wrestled. I had no idea. When I saw that name, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, that's Finley's son, David Finley. That's pretty cool. Take, yeah, taking on Tony Nese. So that's pretty awesome. And Vince Russo is going to be there as well. God, so, Huh? Sorry. <laughs> Vince oh, Russo. Man. So, yeah, don't – sorry. I got something caught in my throat. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> gargle, I don't, gargle. Why did I say that? <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cover it up. Cover it up. Uh, you got Vince Russo, Cole Cabana, and so much more. So that's NYWC 5 uh, Fighting Spirit Wrestling. Uh, go check them out at theludiswrestlingcenter.com. In honor of Martin Out's 200th episode, I am going to do some impressions. You know, this is Fuzzy Bear. It's Christopher Walken. Why did that chicken cross the road? Waka waka. And now I'm Mr. Bill Cosby. Got that jello pudding, doop doo doo. But congratulations to marking out on their 200th episode. This is Railroad Rudy, and I want to congratulate marking out on their 200 episodes. Keep on chugling. Ring of Honor has their last event of the year this Sunday at Terminal 5. I know they've been using Hammerstein Ballroom, but Terminal 5 is actually a better room. To uh, is, say the least. Is Terminal 5, that's not part of Hammerstein, is it? No, it's on like 56th, you, I want to say. You've been there? I've been there before. I saw Seosin and the Devil Wears Prada there. It was a pretty good show. Oh, I love that movie. I know. I, no. <laughs> it's a good movie. I mean, no. when it says it's not, it's lying. No, it's it's a pretty good movie. I'll, I'll admit that as well. But anyway, so we have Final Battle this Sunday at the... Terminal 5, at the Terminal 5. That sounds weird. Anyway. At the uh, Ryback. At the Ryback. Um, anyway, big event. It's going to be live on pay-per-view. Not iPay-per-view. It's going to be on freaking pay-per-view. I plan on ordering it because the last one I ordered, I ordered Best in the World, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Your main event is going to be a fight without honor for the Ring of Honor World Championship. The champion, Jay Briscoe, will be defending against the survival of the fittest 2014 winner, Adam Cole. Uh, this has been a feud that's been stemming for about 14 months since Adam Cole lost the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, and now he gets his crack back at Jay Briscoe. Part of me wants to see Adam Cole win. Part of me thinks that Jay Briscoe is going to win. Um, Jay Briscoe's father plays a little bit into this, especially getting super kicked in the back of the head by Adam Cole. So I, I don't know. Like I just don't see any draw to this at all. Like I don't care that Jay Briscoe is the champion. I mean, I care more if Adam Cole was champion. Yeah, I, I, I agree as well. But I hopefully I can see Adam Cole coming back with the championship. Uh, the ROH World Heavyweight Championship Tag Team Titles be on the line. That was really weird to say. Uh, <laughs> the defending champion and also IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions Red Dragon will be facing off against a well-known team in New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Time Splitters, that being of Alex Shelley and Kushida. Kushida. 
I'm sorry. If I'm, if I'm mistaken, the former IWGP tag team champions, I yeah. think. So hopefully they play in that very strong style Japanese wrestling, which would be really cool to watch. It's cool that uh, this is taking place on pay-per-view because I know New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's going to be on American pay-per-view too for the, like the first time. Oh shit, really? Yeah. Dude, did you hear they have a whole network now? Yeah, I saw What do you that. mean? New Japan Pro Wrestling launched the, the network. Wow. They, yeah, they have that, all like, the past New Japan events and everything. That's awesome. All yeah. right. Dave, it, it, it's a total like fascination for you to f- big time. Dave's like can't go to can't go to class. I got to split 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 slits on the new Jan- new Japan <laughs> channel. <laughs> uh, anyway, time. the ring of what did you say? No, big time. He's like fact. <laughs> um, anyway, there will be slits that are split. <laughs> It'll be uh, Kenta's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the <laughs> that made sense to you. <laughs> 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 anyway, the world take uh, the world television championship will be on the line when Jay Lethal defends against the hashtag Reborn Matt Seidel high flying in your face intensity match. This will be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to check that out on iPay per view. Unfortunately, it's not iPay per view. Damn I know. You. I, I apologize. Yes, pay per view. Not supposed to apologize on your own show. <laughs> oh my god, are we just gonna throw in everything that like hey, episode two hundred BLF brother? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> likes fisting. Damn right. Uh, damn right he does. And someone that also likes fisting, PWG is going to be uh, having their Black Coal Sun. Dave, on... I haven't finished with the card for Ring for Ring <laughs> Oh, I thought you were done. <laughs> All right, no way. That's just... That's, There's still three more finish. matches, damn it. Yeah. No, keep it going, keep it going. Uh, the only really one I want to mention is the Young Bucks. Yeah. NACH will be facing off against Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and Cedric Alexander. So that will be a lot of super kicking, flippy action going on there. I feel like we're seeing a lot of rep- rep- uh, repetition. <laughs> Because so I, feel like I, just, I feel like I had to bubble, uh, bubble ray myself and slap myself in the back of the head to stop it, stuttering. It was there. kind of ironic not to. I mean, it was like the Falcon. I said, I said it was a lot, a <laughs> like lot the, of repetition. The addiction versus the young bucks. I'm seeing a lot recently. Yeah, because you you have the ability you're to the see same that. match over and over again. Yeah, I feel it's like I'm seeing a lot of rep- repetition with the matches of where they faced off at PWG. Um, I think uh, North Northeast Wrestling. And a few others, but it's still entertaining nonetheless. And it's taking place on pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. Terminal 5, get there. All right, Dave, now you, now you can go into it. All right, PWG Black Coal Sun. Will be Great name, by the way. Definitely. On the 12th of December, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Go check them out. Your main event, you're going to be seeing the PWG world title on the line. Kyle O'Reilly defending against Ricochet. The winner of the Battle of Los Angeles 2014 and my pick for breakout star of the year. And one of my contenders for wrestler of the year. I, mean, I can agree with that too. Yeah, this match is going to... Now this card... All right, let me... Um, in tag team match auction, you're going to have Chris Saban and Matt Seidel versus the Young Bucks. You got Biff Busick versus Brian Cage versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Ua Nation. Who I think is another well, another breakout star of the year since after coming off of injury. In addition, you got the PWG Tag Team Championship on the line. The world's cutest tag team, Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan versus The Addiction, Daniels and Kazarian. Adam Cole versus Cedric Alexander. Chris Hero versus Trevor Lee. ACH, AR Fox, and Rich Swan versus Chuck Taylor, Johnny Gargano, and Trent Beretta. 
awesome. Like now, all right. This event looks um. This looks like a marked dream. Like I. Oh, that's PWG. I've reiterated that on the show numerous times. That PWG is just like a big glob of semen slapped in any. Uh, no, will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> like, but I I see like uh, if this was on pay per view, I could see myself ordering this before that Ring of Honor card. Oh, I agree. You know what I mean? Like. I just they're, they're like this. This draws my attention. This draw, like I have to see O'Reilly versus Ricochet. I have to see Cole versus uh, Alexander. Um, all the other matches. I have to see this. While with the Ring of Honor, it's like, Good. oh, so that's you'll, cool. You'll order the DVD. Yeah, I think that everybody that should should definitely order this DVD. Um, let's move on. Why not? Let's keep on flowing with everything. Um, CZW Cage of Death sixteen. Will be taking spectacle that is Cage of Death. Oh, big time! Taking place December thirteenth in Voorhees, New Jersey. Um, We have been seeing a buildup of all this, but you got the Cage of Death, which is a well-known match, just brutal match. CZW champion Sozio versus Black Cheese versus Drew Gulak versus Biff Usyk, the former champion. Um, This is, I think, it's going to be an amazing match. I just want to see. I just want to see like pictures. And everything like that, because if you've watched a Cage of Death before, like I'm not the biggest Deathmatch fan, but just the shit that goes like what was it two years ago? It was DJ Hyde versus fuck. Why am I? Excuse my language. Devin Moore. No, it was Matt Tremont, where he did that like Death Valley Driver off the top of the cage through tables into a oh into like a dumpster through light tubes like. That's, that's incredible. So, that's the one thing. Like we, all right. I'll break kayfabe. I don't give a shit. We, kayfabe. You don't. You don't well, fucking we, we haven't kayfabe. like said anything about it. But we we were in the hotel room. We split a hotel room with Devin Moore, and not once did we even speak about all this shit that we could have like picked. Like what the? F- I could have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Actually, I probably did say that to him, but. Even I, still, think, like, I think I think you Devin did Moore. say it. I think. You, but when was this? Oh, um, it, it was, was after PWS last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm was, pretty sure you did say like. Yeah, I think I pretty much. I think I did <laughs> ask him what the hell, like, because we were talking about how, how do you do all that stuff? Yeah, we oh. were really really drunk. Um, Again, don't say we. <laughs> listen, this is this is this is like we should call this marking out episode two hundred, the shoot episode. Yeah, like we're bringing completely. Yeah, it was us, we, us, no, a few other people, Devin Moore, and which is crazy. Yeah. Um, you also had the CZW World Tag Team Champions, um, Jake and Dave Christ versus the American Wolf, Shane Strickland. Right? Can I say uh, if? Yeah, right. If they show, <laughs> if they don't book themselves elsewhere for more money. Uh, CCW Wire Champion Shane Strickland versus Joe Gacy. So much more. Devin Moore, as we mentioned, teaming up with Lucky 13 versus Demetrius Papadon and Pepper Parks with Cherry Bomb. My entire question on this card is where is Team Tremendous and are they going to still have the Beaver Boys locked up? I'm curious yeah. that. Chris, have you been watching any of that? Not really. Oh, you would get a good laugh. It's, it's YouTube gold. Team Tremendous and the Beaver Boys, it is amazing. I suggest any wrestling fan that hasn't watched that, go on the CZW YouTube channel and check that out. Um, So that is all of our independent wrestling news. Cage of Death, Ring of Honor Final Battle, PWG Black Hole Sun, and Fight Spirit Wrestling. 
Go check out all of them because you know you love pro wrestling. And yeah. Yo, Mr. White, it's Jesse Pinkman. Bitch, thought I was dead, didn't you? But I drove out of the finale of Breaking Bad right into the streets of Need for Speed. My newest movie, yo. Bitch, congrats, Mark. It out. You've been making a podcast for what, like 80 years or something? Bitch, congrats, though. I just wanted to say congratulations on cooking up 200 episodes. Exactly. Because I am the danger. You're listening to Marking Out 200th episode and all the way from London, England. It's me. R-I-C-D-A-V-I-D. Everybody's fifth most favourite mark and a man of a thousand and five words. But I'll keep this one relatively short and relatively sweet. Brandon, Dave, even you, Chris, from Carve Your Niche. I've got nothing but the greatest respect for all of you guys because marking out is truly the people's online listening experience. Now, when I listened to your show for the very first time, I gave you a little bit of constructive criticism. I know, it's a shocker, don't be sarcastic. I told you, you guys have got a great show, but you kind of swear a lot. And so what did you do? You carried on swearing, but every single time from that episode onwards, you'd say, sorry for cursing. And that's when I thought, these guys actually listen to me. That's fucking awesome. Sorry for cursing. But fast forward about 15 years and you guys, you're like extended internet family to me or friends or something. You plug my show when I didn't even make it to episode two. And here you are, episode 200. Like I said, nothing but respect. If I had a hat, I would take it off. If I could reach, I would shake each and every one of your hands because Saturday just wouldn't be Saturday without marking out. So that said, there's only one thing left to ask. Is Dixie Carr going to make an appearance? I really think she should. I hope so. Much love, guys. Violent Rick. At Violent Rick. We have a comment from uh, Violent Rick. Uh, He sends in, Happy 200th flipping episode. You are now officially internet legends. You're what would Brand, uh, you're what would Brandon and Dave and possibly Chris do question on this prestigious occasion is if you each had to be a manager in today's WWE, who would you manage? I'd also like to challenge Dave to perform his shameless plugs in the end uh, to the entrance theme of Macho Man Randy Savage. All right, thanks. Let's- Let's do the Macho Man thing first because I know it'll probably take Dave a little bit longer than to guess who we would. You really think you're going to hit the Macho Man Randy Savage? going to have to, but before I even do that, i got to finish his comment. Okay. And he goes on, thanks for being the best in the world at what you do. Sign the fifth best in the world at what he does, Rick, to the mother flipping David. And that's right. You can go follow him at Violent Rick R I C. All right. So which right, one? Right off the bat, I want to say that I would manage Lana. Okay, let's go into that then. Lana, I like that question. Build that answer. Um, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'll go with Eva Marie. She can use my help. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. There you have it. And it's time for that. Shameless plug segment that you guys love. Shameless plugs. Go check out Nico Blends on Facebook. 
Um, it is Nick Matocho, one of our friends. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nico Blends. It is a premium e-juice company with several distinct and unique lines, all headed under the Nico Blends he, banner. He did, he did explain it earlier on the show. Oh, well, there you go. He explained <laughs> it earlier. He has special, uh, special flavors, Billow, Uncle Albert, Itami, and so much more. So go check him out. He's also on Twitter at Nico Blends. And he also made our logo. He did. Thank you very much, Nick Machocho. Um, also, go check out the Wrestling Mania Awesome podcast. They also have a newsletter that you can subscribe to for free every month. Well, they'll update you. Um, you can go listen to them. You can also go check them out on Twitter at Wrestling Mania X. And you can go check them out on the web, thewrestlingmania.com. Very awesome people. Uh, go support them. The Wrestling Mania, the Wrestling Mania, the Wrestling Mania. And now I'm it's. You all day. Huh? I had to say yeah. it again. Sorry. All right. Um, yeah, so the WrestleMania.com. Um, and now it's time for my challenge accepted. And I'm going to thank all of you who promoted us during the week of pro wrestling. And let me get this Macho Man theme song going. Nobody and- gives a shit. No? Okay. Bad joke. There's a million of those this year. What yep. could you do? No. At Wrestling Mania X, the Wrestling Mania, Jasmine at Reverse and M. Such, Eric at Montreal Broski, he's from Canada. The PTE Show at John Griffin at Disgruntled Dork. Steve, where was your comment on this episode? Dave ruined the segment (laughs) by the last one. Now let's go to Chris's match of the week. No, we cannot. I don't think David was done. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to keep on continuing and restart the theme song. So, uh, at NYWC underscore sign guy, Dr. Diamond Pug. And Team Awesome 418, they got a great Facebook group to feed them like. And Rick the Villain at Fritch 1000. And last but definitely not least... Go follow Allie at the Alley Cat eleven twenty two. And now, Chris, do you have a match of okay, the week? Okay, relax, Chris. Chris, it's time for Dave. Go S a D. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. My match of the week this week is thanks to Dave for 
showing me this. Uh, it's from PWG Battle of Los Angeles 2014. Brian Myers versus AJ Styles. Yes, if you've seen this match, you know the ending of the match gets a little uh, iffy. But it, gets a, it gets a little Cameron. It gets, it gets <laughs> a little Cameron. Uh, Brian Myers then pins AJ on his back. No offense uh, to AJ or Brian. No, that's no, a the huge, ma- that's a huge yeah. In- yeah, but anyway, the match was awesome. Uh, go check it out. G- get PWG Battle Los Angeles 2014 Night 1. Hey, y'all. Dixie Carter here. Hope you had so much fun these past few years with Mark and Out. I know I had so much fun with my respective company. I know this is your big 200th episode, so in honor of it. Oh, look at all those pretty leaves falling off those trees over there. And my stars and stripes of America. Look at this. There's a penny with the heads up. Today must be my lucky day. Hey, guys. This is Brad Anhouse at Bradigan89 on Twitter. Uh, former guest host of Marking Out. Just want to congratulate Dave and Brandon on their 200th episode. What a milestone. Congratulations, guys. Here's to many more. And until you go purchase that and watch that, Brandon, who are you shouting out? This is Marking Out. Smooth jazz. Brandon shoutouts gonna make you come. First shout out goes to Zack Ryder, of course, because he is for the most part the reason why a lot of people listen to our show. So thank you very much to him. Uh, up next, shout out to the best diva of the past during the run, I guess, of these 200 episodes, Kelly Kelly, because. How could I not give her? A Isn't shout? she retired already in your whole thing? No, I don't think she so. just did a shoot with RF Video. Really? Yeah. Wow, I really oh. wonder how big Batista. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> well, have an answer. <laughs> and uh, last shout out goes to you, Chris, because without him begging David to do the podcast, I would have never been asked to join the show, and I wouldn't have had a website or been on iTunes or had any fans. Or had a face, uh, had a YouTube uh, video that was uh, done for you for free. Probably one of the most favorite things I've ever done in my life. And uh, I can't remember his lines. <laughs> Dude, come on, screw you. <laughs> so that's all awesome, and uh, I thank everybody for their support. Thank you. That's right. I finally got a shout out. Yeah, mark it out. Yeah, two hundred episode. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah, yeah, and now it's time for our moment of the week. That's right, our mark out moment of the week for episode 200. What do you got? Nothing. Let's see. I got ooh, I two don't know. tickets to paradise. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to <laughs> do? Um, you have? <laughs> I got the fact that cooking with Brandon is complete. I hope by the time people listen to this, oh, shut up! I'll, I'll I'll burn the midnight oil tomorrow night. <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't I'm, know what. I'm expended from doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Chris is never coming back on. He needs another year break or something. Yeah, correct. I need, I need, I need another kid to give me an excuse not to do this podcast for <laughs> the year. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll go with my mark out moment of the week. Uh, Cesaro teaming with Tyson Kidd. I was not expecting that tag team on Monday Night Raw. 
And I'm a big fan and supporter of the two of them. So I marked out for that. Yeah. Um, I guess that is our 200th episode. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who didn't make it through. No, no one's made it through. <laughs> yeah, this is like a three-parter. But we're gonna go the, we're gonna go the analytics. It'll be like fifteen minutes, thirty-five minutes, zero minutes at no one listened at uh, two hours. Yeah. Um. Thank you to everyone that tuned in. Everyone that sent in your voicemail. Uh, and, voice and everybody, memos. everybody that tuned out as well. So yeah. yeah thank you for your voice. You're memos, the real winners. Your comments, your questions, your support, um, everything. Uh, thank you to Team Awesome 418, WWE Fan Nation Weekly Wrestling Podcast, where you can follow them at Weekly W Podcast. They got an interview with Matt Seidel, Indie Power Rankings, and so much more. Job Beer Nation Radio. Anything you guys have to say? Follow thank me. you to Ring Rope Fucking Bellion. Yes, absolutely. Ring Rope Rebellion. For not knowing us from a hole in the wall and making us awesome music that, to this day, Brandon still has as his ringtone. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to them. Thank you, Chris, for uh, joining us. You can go follow Chris on Twitter, Chris Sween Dog. Yep. And uh, you'll see nothing. And carve yes, your niche. Nothing. Carve your niche. Why do you say niche? I don't know. Don't say niche. niche. Trust me. We, we we did the show one time where the guy didn't ask us how to pronunciate our name, and he's just like, "Yo, give it up for carve your niche." And we're, uh, like all of us just like, "The fuck really? is this guy talking about?" Yeah. It's really all rude. Right. It's really rude. Trust well, me. Like Twitter, on Twitter, cyn uh, band. And also, thank you very much to Jason, a yeah. uh, big-time yeah. supporter of our podcast for so long. Thank you to him for coming on today's show to help us through that NYWC segment, The Voice of NYWC. Go yeah. follow him on Twitter, Jay He Linux. knows how to pronounce people's names. Oh, big time. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, you, you can, can follow, follow Dave on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. You can follow me on Twitter at MarkingOut. That's weird. <laughs> and at TTG161, I mean. Make sure you watch me. Cooking a Brandon. Yeah, yes, rate, subscribe, in- review, leave your all your comments, Cooking with Brandon, like it, share it. If you have music that you it, want to submit it. to us that we will play, email us, markingout1 at gmail.com. And we wish you the best, best of luck in your future endeavors. Oh, yes, yes, good. 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 What did I tell you about scooching? Oh, yeah.